from downtown, this is Tim Kitsar from NBA Jam, and you're listening to Nintendo Main Podcast. Boom shakalaka! This week on Nintendo Main, we got Labo VR impressions and interviews from Midwest Gaming Classic. I don't just play video games, I read books about video games. Let's get sorted. I mean, started. You need your sorting hat, your Harry Potter hat. Welcome Are you in House of Stark Gryffindor or whatever the hell the new Facebook thing is where you combine Game of Thrones and Harry Potter? Oh, God. I don't even want to look at that. Welcome to Nintendo Made Podcast, episode 167. We are back from Midwest Gaming Classic. Jeremy and I, we survived the week yep. the weekend of Milwaukee, even though the you know it, it, it snowed a lot again, but it, it couldn't hold us. I, I mean, it's, we only have to drive for like an hour and a half, so it wasn't that bad to get back from, but... I just I know some of the other people who were there had to stay there again. But yeah, there's a big out there's a big old blizzard on uh, on Thursday again on our way out. We are your hosts. I'm Jeremy. <laughs> oh, yeah, I haven't even gone yet. We are your hosts. I'm Trey. The NES lives, Johnson. And I'm Jeremy. What's that weird scrolling effect, Mikowski? I'm John M G I didn't see knitter. Ooh. Ooh. So yeah, like I said, we're back for MGC. And uh, let's start off our show like we normally do and talk about what we got and what we've been playing. We can do a little show and tell here from MGC. I got my stack of stuff right here. I can show you guys at home. What I got, uh, I didn't get a whole lot, but what I got was worth it, I think. I mean, you know, it's we've gone to MGC so many times that it's... I think a lot of the big purchases we've already done. So it was less and less than you need. But I still got some stuff. The most important thing that I got is one that I can't show you because it's inside of my NES right now. But I ended up, I got the blinking light win. Uh, Jeremy thankfully showed me where it was because if he didn't, I would have never found it because I didn't know what the fuck it looked like. And it's basically like, I mean, it's basically like a plastic thing in a bag. You know, it doesn't really say like, I don't think it even says blinking light win on it anywhere. Like even the no, sticker, they were just yeah. they were right at the the entrance to the uh, vendor hall, facing the entrance. Yeah, they were right at the front. So right when we walked in, Jeremy was like, "Right here." And uh, yeah, I got one for thirty bucks, just like we said they were online. And um, yeah, it's uh, it was a whole like thing. I, I took pictures. Uh, there's pictures on Twitter and and on our Facebook group of my Nintendo like all taken apart and all that. If you guys want to look at it, but. Yeah, it's a whole thing. You gotta like, you gotta take what? Would you gotta remove like twelve screws, fifteen screws, yeah. something like that, out of your NES? It's I've a, done it so many times now that I just like it doesn't seem like a big deal to me. But <laughs> the first time it can like be kind of hard, especially if those screws have not been moved for a while. Oh yeah, definitely. Well, and also, uh, I was afraid that I wasn't gonna have a a screwdriver long enough, you know, because like those ones, I, the screws in the bottom of the NES, they're like really deep. So like, if you don't have like a skinny enough screwdriver, you can't get them out. And and a lot of them, the ones that I use are the ones with the interchangeable heads. And those, right, and they're and it, too fat at the top. Yeah, and those are way too big to go in there. So so I had to go, I had to go through two toolboxes, like Jess's toolbox and my toolbox, to try to find the length of the screwdriver for it. And thankfully, I found one. You know, I was afraid that I just wasn't going to find one. So 
So I took it apart. You have to remove like all of this. It's like, it's like an onion, man. It's like you take like the plastic part off and then you yeah. take like a metal part and then you take another metal part and then you take another metal part under that and you got to take it apart and you basically pull out the, um, the thing that goes up and down, you know, where you put the game in there. You get rid of that springy thing that's in there and you basically replace it with this new blinking light wind thing. And it goes in there. It'll basically hold your, your game on up like you won't push it in it'll just be it'll just be right in and you just push it directly in and hit the power button and it comes on so when they when they sold me on this thing they were they were saying like it turns your nes into a front loader it's almost like a top loader but we call it a front loader yeah and And it's the same concept as a top loader yeah and you're yeah yeah, marketing speak you're right john and you're right man it's really hard to get the games out of there like once you get Uh them in there but there's a it comes with a sticker that says you don't need to push down or don't push down also that you can put did you put that inside of your yeah, I got Nintendo? It. I got it right here, actually. I didn't put it on anything yet. That's going to be a hard habit to break. It says, oh, no, I, I broke it really easily. It's not that hard because of you how can't hard push, it you is. You can't push it down. The previous game out before you put a new game in. I think it says keep calm and press. Uh, no, it says. And don't press down. Yeah. Keep calm and don't press down is what it says. This is the sticker that came with it. I didn't put on anything yet. But no, it's really, honestly, I don't miss that feature at all. I think that's like the worst thing of the NES because that's what caused all the trouble with loading games and all that was pushing that thing down. So so basically, yeah, I, I tried a bunch of games out. First game I did was Metroid. Metroid booted right up beautifully. I played around with that a little bit. It worked great. Uh, some of the games that I had bought, that I, like because I bought Rygar used and I had never actually used it because my NES died before I got to use it. And that one's still kind of really dirty, so I had a hard time. Like, I got it to work, but it was really glitchy, yeah. so that one was kind of weird. But but I tried Dragon Warrior. Dragon Warriors, Warriors works really well. That's, like, my wine that I got when I was a kid. Um, that game I got for just the Bugs Bunny birthday blowout, that one works. Because <laughs> she likes awesome. playing that game. And and I tried out, well, it was that I tried Pinbot. That one was a little glitchy. That was another one I bought used, but it works at least. That was the, um, that's a rare game, actually, of the of pinball game. But I just... Yeah, I just went through a few of my games to make sure, you know, to see if they worked. And yeah, the ones the ones that I had that I personally had worked really well. You know, like used ones that I had that were kind of like so so. I had to clean, but you know, and all and all the other stuff that I got as well, I had to clean before I got it to work. But I, that's kind of a regular thing. I, I feel like whenever you buy used games, you yep. got you got to run- doing with the uh, piece that you took out. I put it in the I put it in the in the uh, storage space in the back of the apartment. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you want it? I still have it. No, I'm just wondering. No, I, I couldn't bring myself to throw away like an original piece of my NES, even though. Yeah, no, I, know, I, if it wasn't working. Yeah, no, I, I, I kept it. I mean, I don't know what I'd do with it, but yeah. Did no, you I, save, I save the pin connector too, the old one? Yeah, no, I, I didn't throw anything away of it. I, Sometimes I you it. can; those can be restored. Like, if you look online, like there's ways to to fix those yeah. once they're out of the machine it's a little easier to do is that is that what you tried to do when you were trying to fix my nes that i brought down there or you tried to give me a fixed one no i literally replaced it with a new 88 pin connector that i had oh okay because what happened was i bought an nes on ebay and it had a brand new pin connector in it it was a refurbished one and um it also did not have that rf shield the metal thing which oh, is yeah, actually yeah. kind of a bad thing. So I ended up getting the guy to to refund most of the money to me because it was missing the RF shield because mm. I like complained about it. Well, I didn't really complain about it, but I just mentioned it. I was like, I can't really get this to work, and I noticed the RF shield was missing. He's like, I'll give you seventy five percent of your money back if you just want to do that. So he just like, I ended up getting it for like twelve dollars. I think mm. it was, you know, whatever twenty five percent of fifty is. So like yeah. twelve fifty. 
And uh, it had that new pin connector in it. So I took that out, replaced it with the blinking light win. But that uh, that pin connector, as far as I know, was brand new. So that's the one I tried putting in your oh, ADS. So and it made it work for like a day or two or whatever it was. Yeah, I think it worked and then it froze eventually. Yeah. But now I, now I have an NES that works. So that's very exciting for me. I can uh, play... I can play games again. I can stream NES stuff that I know. Uh, I'm looking forward to you streaming some NES that isn't that isn't available on uh, you know other than uh, NES cloud yeah, online. I thought about trying to do. I mean, I don't know if I'm good enough to do it, but I thought about trying to do like a no death run through Dragon Quest One or something someday. <laughs> I don't. I don't know if I'm good enough to do that, but but I thought it, I thought it'd be fun to, to try to go through that game again. But uh, yeah, no, it, I'm glad it works. Uh, I'm sure Jess will do a stream of a uh, of Bugs Bunny's uh, birthday blowout. We were planning on doing that at some point because that was a game she played a lot as a kid, and she's she played through it when I, I bought it at MGC a couple years ago. She played through it once before while the NES was working still. But yeah, no, it's nice to nice to have it going. It looks really nice on the CRT TV. So that was my that was my big pic- purchase that I wanted, and that's what I got. And this and that's the you know that's the most expensive one that I got was thirty dollars. So that's good. But yeah, I got some. Uh, I, I got some like uh, some used games as well. Of course, big. Uh, we met. We met Chris Kohler of, to- of Kotaku. Of course, if you want to hear his interview, um, you can listen to it on the Patreon, which you can listen to for the small amount of money as five dollars a month, which is like a cup of coffee. It can help us out. And he also gives his impression on Labo VR. If you want to hear that, but uh, what I've we read bought- one of his books before. Uh, Power Up. Was it this we book? Uh, I bought that. No, it was a book before that. Yeah, no, uh, okay. I, uh, yeah, I thought about reading. There's, a, there's actually a little advertisement in here for Power Up. In the, it's like a little postcard thing that talks about it. But no, I bought, I bought his Final Fantasy V book, which is a book about, um, you know, when he bought Final Fantasy V when he was a kid and tried to play through it without knowing any of Japanese and how he learned the language to play ja- to play Final Fantasy V. It's yeah. a little, it's a cool, it's a cool thing. It's, um, yeah, we, I think I bought it. Uh, he gave it to us on sale, like ten bucks, and he signed it. He signed it in the front for me. It says cool. La- it says Lally Ho, which is what the dwarves say in Final Fantasy. So I thought that was a nice mm-hmm. little thing. Yeah, so I got that from him. I also picked up Tales of Fantasia for him on Game Boy Advance with with the uh, manual. I thought that was cool. Um, Tales of Fantasia. It's like one of those two D Tales games. It's one that I actually was wanting to play. So. And I and I you know I've tested all of these things that I got to make sure that they work, and there's a lot of voice work on this game. Like I played like the first five minutes of it, and the characters actually talk to each other, like on Game Boy Advance, which is pretty impressive. I don't like, think I've ever heard that before. Yeah, synthesized speech on GBA. I think some games had it, but this feels like it has more than most. Oh, I just remember Jeremy's um, uh, American Idol. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that, yeah, yeah, that had it <laughs> on GBA. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm trying to think. I think some other ones that I had had some talking in it, but but yeah, no, it has a. It's really weird. Yeah, it's bizarre, but it has a lot of talking from the main characters, like in like in the intro movie. So yeah, that I played that a little bit just to make sure that works. Um, what else do I get? I will make make a friend of the show, Martin, proud. I got a bunch of 64 games just because they were cheap. And after that, after my Turok, my time with Turok, I was kind of in a 64 mood, so I bought some 64 games. So. I got the new Tetris for 64. This is the um, the one that introduced the hard drop that we've talked about so much on the show. This is this game. Um, it's uh yeah, it's Tetris. You know, you know Tetris. But it basically but it's it, new. It introduced a lot of those things that yeah. It, Tetris is kind of in the same uh, 
Boda's new Mar new Super Mario Brothers, where like it had like six games that were all called New Tetris. You know, maybe even more than that, just to try to confuse everybody. But yeah, no, I got that game. I think that's the one that introduced the, the hold and the hard drop. So pretty cool. I got uh, Armorines, which is which is a uh, another first person shooter game by the guys who made Turok. So and acclaim and all that. So yeah, it's got some nice stickers on it. A Hollywood Video sticker on the side, property of Hollywood Video. So uh, that makes it extra cool, I guess. <laughs> I found the uh, sequel to Duke Nukem. The console exclusive Duke Nukem game, Duke Nukem Zero Hour, which is the third person shooting game. I played around with that for a while. Um, I'm sure I'll do some streams of that. This is another one I talked about getting, but on our on our uh, pre-show, I got a uh, Top Gear Rally, which is a which is an old racing game that I used to play in high school that I thought I'd get. And uh, to top it off, I got a uh, Extreme G as well, another another cheap racing game, futuristic uh, F Zero style game for 64. So. So I got five sixty-four games, and I also got thirteen for GameCube, which is a cel-shaded first-person shooter based on a comic book. Uh, I used to have it actually, and I sold it, and now I got it back. And it has um, what is it? Um, uh, Adam West is a voice in it. He plays one of the main characters, which I always thought was pretty, was pretty rad. Yeah, he is gone, but um, yeah, it's it's it was a fun game, and I sold it for whatever reason, and I bought it back for ten bucks. So. It was uh, worth it. They had it priced at thirteen, but I got them. I got them go down. I was like, I know you want it at this price because of the name, but can you make it be less? But yeah, those are my games. The game name to ten. Yeah, <laughs> make it nine. How about that? No. So yeah, that's my games that I got. Aside from like Labo, which uh, I don't know if we need to get that big thing. It's on my TV over there. But <laughs> I mean, I got that in the mail. Jeremy had a, Jeremy and I had a lot of fun Friday night uh, drinking. Uh, Drinking whiskey Pepsis and uh, building building Labo for like four hours. We didn't play fun. any other <laughs> Switch games together while we were there. We just played that thing the whole time. Yeah, no, but we'll sh- talk about that. I show well. I showed you a little bit of a. I showed you a little bit of a ex- extermination force, and then I played a little. And you played a little bit of Yoshi. That's true. Crab- crafted I World. I did. But that was that was about it. It was mostly Labo VR. But uh, yeah, one of the coolest thing I bought this for Jess, but um, I just wanted to show it on here because it's super cool. I got this printed, uh, this Yoshi printed bag for her. It has a Yoshi looking, looking shy guy on the front. It's two sided. It's pretty cool. That's cool. It uh, wasn't this the same design that you got, Jeremy, but in t-shirt form. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll show. I'll show it here. Oh, actually, oh, what grabbed my stuff? Oh, you do have it. Okay, cool. Yeah, and that was uh, that was what I got from MGC. Um, do you want to do your MGC stuff and then because I have other games that I got after that, but we can talk about that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This. So uh, I got. I guess I'll move my camera here and show these posters real quick. Go mobile with this thing. Oh God! Oh no! It's 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 stand up stand up podcasting. Sweet. So if you look over there, you can see my Castlevania Symphony of the Night poster. Then I also got this uh, Paper Mario Thousand Year Door poster. They're definitely bootleg posters, but they're still pretty awesome. Yeah, they were like five dollars, uh, right? They're pretty cheap. It was like two they were seven dollars or two for ten. Yeah, two for ten, so five dollars. So I got two of them, and um, they're cool. Uh, I really, really like. They're really well. They're really detailed, and they're super glossy. And uh, yeah, they obviously spent some money printing these out, but they're, they're definitely not official merch for by any means. But I got those, and then yeah. So Trey was just showing off. Uh, I got this from the same artist. So this is like a, a, a pretty it, much a basketball jersey. Yeah, it's like jersey fabric. It's so weird. It's, it's, it's like a, 
It's like a yeah, tank. it's super comfortable. It's like a tank top almost. You're gonna look like yeah. a you're gonna look like a sporto or something wearing that. It's gonna be weird. Well, it looks good wearing this with my you know you can see my full like half sleeve Nintendo tattoo I have so. It can, looks good. They look good together. Can you take? It does the, look cool. It looks like something like I would see walking around here on the streets of LA, like in the fashion district. It's definitely. I put it on, it's and stylish. I was I was showing it to my partner. I was like, I feel like such a hipster right now. I didn't realize how like actually cool this looks. It doesn't just look like I'm, you know, wearing some video game clothes. It actually looks like I'm being somewhat current with my fashion, and that feels strange for me. All so right. yeah, I got that design, that thing, and that was actually my big purchase. That was twenty five. So. You know, I didn't do anything huge this year, but, you know, neither did Trey. Like, he did the $30 out of the $25. But uh, I, I similarly uh, went over to Chris Kohler's table, which I mentioned at the top of the show. Like, um, and I did end up buying his book. Which one and you got? So, the same uh, book? I also got the same one. Yeah, actually, Power Up was sold out. This is the only book. Yeah, the only had. thing he had was Final Fantasy V. But... I, think, I think we probably would have bought one of each if we had had the opportunity and, like, swapped or whatever. But, yeah. yeah I got the signature really Lolly Ho. The he Lolly Ho also he, for you? Yeah. I told him my name was Jeremy with all E's, and he's like, he was about to write just the letter E over and over again. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he, yeah, he was so fun. He, he did a he did a th- panel with uh, Retronauts. We saw him. They talked about Game Boy. So it's nice to see uh, Kotaku. But he, totally, but he totally cut me a deal on that book. Cause, so I just wanted me to too. buy this game off of him. And 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 then Trey was like, what, you're not going to buy his book? Because I was like, will you sign this game? Just, <laughs> I don't know, I'm buying it from you. So I ended up buying his book, but his book was 15. And this was marked, this game was marked 15, which is the new Super Mario Brothers DS. I actually don't own this game. I have it on the Wii Surprising, you. since you love it so much, you don't have it. Yeah, he sold me this and the book for twenty, so he gave me a really good deal. Nice. So I figure I paid full price for the book and got this for five, and it, it has all the manuals and everything with it. And I I booted it up and it's got two save files that have completely beat the game. So yeah, same with uh, I think that uh Chris Kohler played through this. Same with Tales of Symph or ta- not Symphonia, Tales of Fantasia. There's a uh, two. There's two. Uh, files that are pretty far in it so i can so i jumped into that just because i wanted to see how the battle worked and all that because it's like because it's like a tales game but it's 2d so but you can like totally run up and fight the guys and it's all like real time and all that so yeah but yeah no he, he played i don't know if he played all the way to the end i mean i don't know where the end is because i've never played it but but yeah yeah no these are all ones that he played so it's pretty cool it's too bad he didn't have a well he did have that i mean i'm sure that wasn't his final fantasy five right did he have? Did right. he have the Japanese Final Fantasy V? Or no? Was it was it seven that he had? He had, he had, he had seven. He, I thought he had, did have the Super Famicom. Final yeah, he, no, Fantasy no, you're right. He did. Was, he, he did have the Super Cam the Super Famicom. But that's probably. But he not said the everything one. he had with him were doubles and stuff. He didn't have any of his like full collection. Sure. But you yeah. know, I thought it was kind of cool because I was talking to him about Virtual Boy, and uh, and about you know he works. He and Jeremy Parrish are, are friends, and uh, all of the Virtual Boy games that. Jeremy Parrish has been doing his series about are, are all Chris Kohler's games. So he owns a complete set, including all the Japanese games. So I thought that was pretty cool, especially since we had him try Labo VR and yeah. ask him like how that felt compared to <laughs> Virtual Boy. Well, no, spoil- yeah, so, no spoilers on that, what he said. Right, right, right. I won't spoil it. But um, that's mostly what I bought. I bought I bought my partner a pair of Yoshi earrings, which are pretty cool. But I already gave those to her, so I can't show them. But uh, that it was a slim year for uh, buying merch, and uh, I think it's like Trey said, we we bought our big purchases this year. I didn't see anything like super novel that jumped out at me. I guess well, other than the shirt, I guess I've, it, it seemed kind of novel. And the novel, <laughs> yeah. 
but uh yeah there wasn't anything else and then also because i you know once again not wanting to spoil anything but i want i want to buy a labo vr now as well so i uh i was sort of conserving funds thinking about buying that Mm -hmm. as soon as i could after the show was over yeah well we can uh and we can talk about Labo VR, VR if you want. Sure. Um, since uh, since I wasn't sure if, uh, well, I mean, since I was the only one that bought Labo VR, uh, I was, uh, and I and I, one of the main reasons that I bought the Labo VR was because of MGC, and I'm glad that I did because because uh, we ended up taking the Labo VR to the show floor on Sunday, and we got a bunch of interviews with people about it, and including people who had uh, VR stations there at MGC. Which is pretty so, cool, yeah. So we have people who have actually done VR that talk to talk to you about it, and uh, I guess we could put that right here. Okay, so so we're here with Sam from uh, IGDA. Hey, Sam. And uh, you just played Labo. Um, yes. What do, what do you think? Uh, I think it's fantastic. Uh, I've been using VR for a long time, and I'm actually really, really impressed with the frame rate and how, how fast everything is. Um, I think, you know, I... I'm lucky as someone who uses VR because I don't get a ton of motion sickness, but I am pretty um, pretty well versed in figuring out what will give people motion sickness uh, at at a higher rate than other things. And uh, I'm impressed. I'm really impressed by how smooth everything is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a, it does like a sort of a motion blur thing. Like as you see, everything's kind of fuzzy. But I mean, yeah, I I don't really do VR, so I don't know much about it. Like, how, okay. how does it? Uh, compared to regular VR. I know I'm sure it's a lot less, but... So, it depends on... It sort of depends on what you mean by regular VR. I do work in mobile VR a lot because it's great for hyper-accessible audiences. So, I do a lot of educational content. If I want to teach a room full of third graders about something in VR, uh, you could bring in a bunch of Google Cardboards, for example. Um, However, that depends a lot on both the resolution of the phone and how fast it can run, how much memory it can run. Um, and so it sort of depends on each individual user's device. Um, where is this? Because it's reliant on the Switch. The Switch's resolution, which is fantastic already, um, and the frame rate there, it doesn't really have to compete with too much other stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Did you, so you enjoyed it? What did you think? Yeah, yeah, I thought it was super fun. I think the only interesting thing is the, like, the physical cardboard device itself, you know? Yeah. Um, I know... I uh, I have a tendency to button mash at points if it's something I've never used before. Sure. So I think with this cardboard, I almost had a tendency to yank it back a little too hard and mm. press a little too uh-huh. hard. I was worried okay. I was going to break it. I don't think I did. It's no. pretty, it's pretty steady. It's very sturdy. Yeah, That's yeah. good. Um, but yeah, and then the other thing is the, uh, the actual feedback. So when you press the button with your thumb, for example... When you see the button pressed on screen, oh, yeah, it's yeah. just yeah. about like half a second to a second after that. Oh, you know okay. what I mean? Okay. Yeah, yeah. So as impressive as it is that it does show that feedback, it's mm-hmm. really important that it does show that, it is just slightly delayed. Oh, okay. um, and I think that might affect how people play the entire game, you oh, know? Sure, yeah. It affects, because so much of the game is reliant on timing, it's a shooting game, mm-hmm. that would affect how you actually aim everything and, and oh, okay. when you decide yeah, yeah. to shoot things. But yeah. Yeah. And you notice that it, well, yeah, of course, it, it also, when you load it, it loads in the game, too. The, yes. the gun does. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's almost like everything is just, like, half a second behind. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will say, too, one thing I was impressed by or surprised by um, is how much energy it takes to keep your arm up for that long. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And, and, like, 
my left delt is a little <laughs> bit sore after that. I'm not gonna lie. Oh yeah, you're, I think you're technically you're supposed to play it sitting down, but you know, to, with something to lean on. But we played it uh, in the hotel room. We played it on a swivel chair, which, nice. which is fun too. It works really uh, well on a swivel chair. Yeah, because then Very you can cool. kind of like. I don't know. Did you look? Did you look down while you're on it? Like you can, if you look down, you can see your treads and like the tank and all that you're, that you're I in. I didn't notice that you can yeah. see the treads, which is yeah. really interesting. Yeah. Um, and I think it does combat that really well. That it's like it's always giving you a surface to move on. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some people that get motion sickness a little more easily if they look down and they don't see what they are expecting yeah. to see, which oh, okay. is either the ground or their own body. Yeah. yeah. Um, which obviously you can't include your own body mm-hmm. in VR right now, yeah. but. Having treads in there is a really nice way to kind of imply that feedback system, which is which is excellent. Yeah, it's like you're um, that's that's what's moving you. You're in a tank and you're basically aiming for the tank. Yeah. Cool. There's uh, there's some levels that are like um, they're like roller coasters too, where it's like you're on where you see yourself going down and up and stuff like that. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah, I did the uh, the second one. I think it was called Crab Something. I can't remember. Yeah. Oh, oh you yeah. fought the giant crab? Yeah. 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 That's cool, right? Yeah. 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 Yeah, the the giant crab is awesome. <laughs> yeah, the bosses are neat. Like, when it uh, dies and it's like laying right next to you at the end, that's part. It's yeah, blew my mind the first time. <laughs> so, I mean, do you have a switch? I do. Would you? I mean, does this make you more interested in it? Absolutely. <laughs> it? Yeah, I yeah. definitely yeah. want one of these now. Yeah. No, this is we got the starter set. This is the forty dollars one, so it's yeah. not that expensive. But there's an eighty dollars one with more shit. Okay. We, we just got the gun, but yeah. Yeah. I'm, no, I, I got it for the show so we could play it, and I figured I'd just bring it out. Yeah. Here I mean, I'm what, super what, uh, interested in cost accessibility, so yeah. the fact that this exists for forty dollars is like an add-on is really, really wonderful. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah and it does everything uh, in. There's like a million uh, warnings about the magnifying glasses and like. How to not like don't stare at the sun or don't burn stuff. It's hilarious. It, yeah. it'll, it'll remind you what it'll it help you set fires. Yeah. yeah, it takes like three hours to put together, but yeah, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, uh, do you want to do you want to give us a say what say what you thought about it, Ross? Oh, I thought it was super. Is there, awesome. Did you have any any final thoughts that you want? Um, to I guess the final thought that I would have is uh, kind of on how interesting color choices were in this. Um, so I talk a lot to my own students in VR about how color saturation, color saturation and brightness are really important when you're making decisions about designing in VR because nothing is pure white, right? right. Nothing in the universe is pure white except yeah. for the sun, which you are not supposed to look at. <laughs> right. So yeah. when people like do fade to whites in VR, yeah. they wonder why it's so much more uncomfortable than like an animation or something it's because your entire vision is surrounded by that so I noticed um, that like even the sky when it was like pretty bright out or overcast like nothing was bright white in the game which is really nice and even though the colors were super bright it's almost like they were diluted just enough to give it the fun vibe that a normal game with really really high saturated neon-y colors would have without actually being neon you know yeah no I like uh, it, it, it reminds me a lot of like a like a ride, like an attraction, like from uh, Disney World or something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, like those, uh, the you know, like the Simpsons ride and stuff like that, where it's like sort of 3D and you're not moving. Like that, it kind of reminds me of that. Yeah. But yeah, thanks. Thanks for talking to yeah, us. About of course, it. Yeah, of course, it was awesome. Yeah. Hello. Here's uh, we have Ross here again. Uh, what do you, What are your thoughts on Labo VR? I thought it was pretty cool. Uh, it took me back to a lot of the on rails. Uh, arcade shooters I used to play like House of the Dead or Time Crisis yeah. or something like that yeah, yeah. so I haven't been able to play those games at home ever since I've had a flat screen TV but now playing it with something like this it's kind of bringing it all back and yeah. I, it kind of reminded of how fun those were so it's yeah. kind of cool to see them again I'm, I'm re- I really I really really hope that they that somebody releases like that for the Switch like House of the Dead or Time Crisis or like any of those oh yeah and why not like I mean, to use that for it I would totally do it I'd buy it in a heartbeat yeah, absolutely it works. I would too it's so cool it's a light gun game without a TV you know you basically have a light gun now. Yeah, and it's that added level of immersion where, you know, everything is surrounding 
shooting you, but you're also up and moving. You know, you're not on the yeah. couch with the first person shooting. You're up in your living room, standing, yeah, yeah. shooting. You know, swerving to get things behind you. Sure, like, yeah. That was kind of the cool part for it for me. Which, which one did you play? Did you play the one with the crab? Uh, so I played. Le- I think it was level three with nightmares. So it was like inside and like dark. Oh, the dark one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That one's kind of freaky. It was kind of. It was <laughs> definitely creaky because I couldn't like over the sound of the con. I couldn't necessarily hear as well as everything else. Oh yeah. So yeah. when like things are appearing behind me or like the jump scare kind of stuff, yeah. I don't know they're behind me until I turn around and then they're right in my <laughs> face. So oh, I was like, yeah. ah, yeah. oh my god. But uh, it was a really cool uh, kind of dynamic to see things in the dark and then having bullets that glow, you know, using it both to illuminate and to destroy enemies was a oh, really yeah, yeah, cool yeah. thing. Oh, yeah, No, they do that cool uh, lighting effect where, like, you shoot it down the hallway and you can see it, like, traveling and all that, yeah. Yeah, I felt like I was in the movie Alien. Like, it was just dark everywhere. Yeah. I didn't know what was flying around, and then I just turned around and see these, you know, creatures that yeah, they you have see, to go. You see, yeah, you see, like, the big flying ones, like, in the darkness right next to you, and it's like, whoa, fuck. So what, what was your overall impression of it then? I was really impressed. Uh, this was actually my first Labo experience. Oh, so, yeah. like, just the construction of it by itself, like, yeah. I didn't think cardboard was going to feel that natural in my hands or, like, it was going to feel like a weapon. But it played really well. I really liked the experience of it. I didn't have any, like, technical issues with it. Like, I was never frustrated with the technology. Like, everything I wanted it to do, it did. And I didn't feel like I was fighting with it. It just felt like an asset. Sure, so yeah. It just felt really natural. Yeah. I feel like it feels really... I like how you can just put it on and pull it off whenever so if it's yeah. weird you can just take it off and look around and put it back on it doesn't really affect the game at all I, yeah because like I, I do VR the other uh, on other platforms and something that I'm always kind of frustrated with is the strap around my head where I've got yeah. this heavy thing attached to my face and the, the fact the weight is being held by my hands and not my neck yeah. uh, makes it a lot more comfortable so I want to play it a little bit longer but oh, yeah, it, it yeah. feels really natural so I, it's cool I look forward to more yeah it's a uh, you have a switch right or no, I don't have a switch no so this is the first time I've got oh, okay, Lambo okay. and the, the VR attached oh, okay if, if you did I mean does it make you any more interested in the Switch? It feels like a killer app to me, yeah, because this is something I can't get other places. There's a lot of games that are on the Switch, but I have them on other platforms, this is something that I can't do other places. Yeah, no, you can't can't build a cardboard gun out of a PS4 or PC or whatever. Yeah, so this was cool. Like This is a game changer for me. Awesome. Any any final thoughts you want to say about uh, Level VR? I'm just really impressed. Like, the construction of it is really flawless, like... And I think I would have as much fun building the attachment as I would actually playing the game afterwards. Yeah, so it's just like an added bonus. It's pretty fun. Oh, yeah. It's fun. It, it took us it took us probably like four hours to put the it's whole. It's definitely thing together. more like it's easier if you have someone to help you sure. to even just navigate the menus on the Switch. It's a lot easier than trying to do that yourself. You keep setting the cardboard down over and over again. Cool. Good tip. Yeah. No. If I get my own, I'll definitely. Keep yeah, because you gotta. Yeah, because you use, use the controller to go through the steps, and you can go through everything really s- slowly or fast, however you want to do it. Uh, and there's also like it's like a full 3D model, so you can rotate the camera around it. Oh, cool. Look at all the different parts. Well, that makes it easy. So it's not just like a paper about, instruction, like it's a full. Oh no, 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 It makes no. it very foolproof because you can literally look at how it's supposed to look at each step of the way. Oh, that helps. Yeah. No, it's a whole like uh, software thing that oh, you neat. do, and it'll it'll play. You know, and it and it plays different music depending on what time, what part uh-huh. you are in the construction. Like there's different phases and all that. Oh, they think of everything. It's really cool, yeah. No, it's, it amazes me all the detail that they do with this stuff. You know? Cool. No, yeah. I mean, you can tell someone was passionate about building this and putting yeah, it together. Yeah. It really shows in the execution. Yeah, yeah I'm really, like I said before, I really hope that people support it and we see like like on games because that's a yeah. perfect way to play you know, a lot of those arcade shooters, which I love. So I agree. Awesome. Yeah, thank you so much for letting me play. This yeah, no really problem, fun. man. Thanks, Thanks for, for talking to us. Yeah. Here, uh, g- give, me, uh, give me your impressions of it real quick. Uh, yeah, I'm going to be honest, compared to normal VR experience, I mean, if you already have a Nintendo Switch, that's basically, you've got a VR unit now, you just need a little bit of cardboard to make mm-hmm. it work, so I never would have thought, I never would have thought with a 720p screen, you'd be able to have, mm-hmm. you know, a comprehensible VR experience, and I mean, I, 
that's what I do for a living, right? I, I research VR for University of Milwaukee, so... Oh, okay. I, I, okay. I mean, that was my first time trying a Labo, and I, I was expecting to, to want to laugh at it, you know, like, oh, they're making it out of cardboard, but the thing didn't feel like it was going to fall apart at all, oh, and, yeah. it, and it felt, you know, sturdy and, and really well, like, put together, and just... I'm impressed. I'm impressed with what they were able to do with cardboard, definitely. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, what was your name in? I'm Sean. Sean Linehan. Yeah, with the University of Milwaukee. Would you, uh, do, you have a, do you have a Switch? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've had it, a Switch since launch week, yeah. I was say, does this make you want to get one? It makes me want to get more people to get one than yeah. more, definitely, yeah. It's yeah, a, yeah, it's a 40 bucks for starting, so it's a pretty, pretty good price. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a really great price. I'm interested to see, you know, if this takes off, if Nintendo is willing to do, I mean, I know the cardboard is sturdy and it feels nice, but I'd probably be more likely to sink maybe a hundred dollars into a plastic unit just because oh, I, sure. just because my my you know my dumb ass is gonna break that thing. <laughs> yeah. You know? so, or if you have cats or dogs, they're right, gonna destroy right, it. Right. Or roommates. Oh, know, roommates. Yeah. More, you know? yeah. I, I really hope that they embrace it and they do like like on games and stuff with it, like a re-release like House of the Dead and like Time oh, Crisis and stuff I was like that. Pokemon Snap. Or Snap. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Snap is Pokemon a, Snap yeah, is no definitely. Uh, I mean, especially because but the original. Pokemon Snap just had the first 151. Yep. Now that they've got all that, it's time yeah. for just just call it Snap 2. Just call it Pokemon I would love Snap. Super Snap. If they, if they had like all 800 of them or yeah. how many they have. Yeah, now, yeah, just and made it like super robust. Like there, there are games where you game. just use the headset and you hook the Joy-Con just to the side of the Switch and then you don't have the big bulky gun. And well, There's and a I, sort of a Pokemon Snap like game built into it already. Yeah, there is a, there's a... Let me guess, it's just not Pokemon? It's not Pokemon. But it's just, like, one subject that you're like photographing. Under, there's, like, an underwater... There's, like, an underwater camera-type game. Oh, that's right. I forgot about the underwater. We take one. pictures of, like, sharks and stuff like that. But, no, it's not, it's not Pokemon. Yeah. I, and I know that they've been doing a lot of stuff with... Uh, or, well, at least Niantic and Pokemon Go. The Pokemon company's focused a lot on, on Pokemon Go right now. And AR Plus is really big. And, oh, sure. And working in with those features. But I'm, I kind of... It felt a little bit like they were veering away from Nintendo for their, their kind of... It, you know, implemented reality experience for Pokemon, but I think that something like this, I, I, I don't know where it's gonna go. I really don't. I feel like I feel like I did when when you know the Wii was people were swinging things in their family oh, room yeah, yeah. for the first time. Yep. I mean, yeah. that's kind of. I feel like it definitely has that uh, wow effect again. You know, yeah. Like, with, like we put it together on Friday, and we were like. We were just amazed by it. It's so much fun. Like we, see, we played it for like three hours, just like. And there's like a multiplayer game with hippos on there, and uh, oh yeah, we like feed the hippos, and whoever has the most hippos at the end wins. So there's a lot of and you can like make your own games and shit. There's a bunch of stuff in there, but I'm excited cool. to see. I'm excited to see how uh, first-person shooters deal with this on the Switch, and I'm even more excited to see if. I know it's a pipe dream, a long day on the road, but. Uh, We've heard rumors and mumblings about Master Chief Collection coming to the Nintendo Switch. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And if that, if that is implemented in any <laughs> in shape, way, VR, shape, or form, yeah. I will buy as many cardboard guns as they need me to to make that <laughs> yeah. happen. I, I'd, get it. I'd get it in play, too. Yeah. I would cool. All right. All right. Awesome. Any, any uh, final thoughts on the, on the level? Or you yeah, Master nay. Chief for Smash. Master, Master Chief for Smash. Right. <laughs> Thanks, man. Thanks for talking with us, man. All right, so uh, we are here with uh, Nathaniel Lockhart from uh, Memory Machine. That's right. Friend of the show. I've friend, been on. Friend, I've been on once. Yeah. Friend of the Nintendo Main I, Show. I, I've yet to reciprocate, but that should shouldn't be too long. Well, you know, we're always available. Hey, you that's read right. my question in your uh, interview with uh, James Rolfe. So that's fine. I sure did. You did. That was awesome. Thank yeah, you. Man, Thank yeah. you for uh, giving us a shout out. Oh, of course, yeah. So uh, you just uh, we, you just played the Labo VR for uh, for the Switch. I did. Uh, how do you feel? What were your thoughts on it? Uh, you know, uh, my I did not have super high expectations, <laughs> which you said has been a common occurrence. Yeah. With people playing us, 
Uh, it was a lot of fun. You shoot stuff. The cardboard actually works a lot better than uh, you think it would. It's more sturdy than because uh, you pick it up, you know, it's kind of lightweight. But then you hold it in your hands, and it just uh, it makes sense. And uh, it's very user-friendly. And, yeah, that's pretty good for uh, <laughs> VR, like a DIY VR experience, I'd Oh, say. yeah. No, it's Do you have much experience with VR uh, outside of this? I mean, my brother has, um, uh, what does he have? Uh, Oculus, right? That's okay. the PC one. Yeah, or Vive. I think, I think the Vive, Vive. Yeah, the Vive, Vive. Oculus, whatever. Yeah, well, yeah. one of those. The one you use with Steam is the Vive. Right. He does a, He has the one where, like, you got to hit the beat or something. Beat Saber. It's beat Saber, that's it. And uh, I played that, so that's that's fun. But I don't. Other than that, like I don't own, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, a VR's come a long way since uh, since Virtual Boy. Since, since the mall, <laughs> since the the mall I used to go to in the nineties. Like, yeah. uh, you remember those where they had like the booths and you had to oh, like, sure. walk yeah, around yeah. and yeah. those were miserable. Um, yeah, I don't but we thought I, they were so cool. I don't think I ever actually tried one, but yeah. I remember seeing them. I, I did one. It. I did once. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I probably could afford it either. Yeah, they were, <laughs> boy, you had to wear this big heavy thing because we didn't have LCD technology. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Basically like affixing two CRTs to your face. <laughs> wow. Yeah, not not effective. Not effective. So, yeah. So, did the, I mean, how overall experience didn't, like, uh, make you sick or anything like that? Or? No. No, yeah. not at all. Yeah. I could it'd probably make my mom sick, but she, you know, gets sick of everything, so who cares? <laughs> right, yeah. So, if you're uh, uh, a fussy middle-aged lady... Don't do it. Yeah, yeah. It's um. Would I mean? I know you don't have a switch, but uh, does this help you uh, want one more? Play in the VR? Oh, uh, I don't know. It's 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 cool, but I don't know like how much I would really play it on a regular basis to make it worth yeah, my while. Sure. Um, I but I tell you, I would uh, pay fifty cents a game to play it. Yeah. So there you go. <laughs> I, I, if, it I, if it was yeah, an arcade yeah. thing, yeah. I would totally. I would be all over it. But in terms of like. Storing that in my house, I'm like, oh god, I've already have too much crap. Oh, yeah. I don't need more. Yeah, so. no, I, I I felt the same way about it. I was like, I vowed that I would not get it, but then I saw too many videos just, of people loving it, and I you gave right in. Well, and it and it happened to cam come out on the weekend of Midwest Gaming Classic, so perfect. I was like, I need to get it. Like, we need to have, it. and I didn't even yeah. think about bringing it on the show floor and, and showing yeah. it to people. But yeah, you, you got to make use. You got to make use of it so it counts as a tax write off, right? Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. Right. yeah. <laughs> Business write-off. Nice. Uh, so yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, thanks guys did, for taking my opinion. Why sure. would you have? Yeah, I would just say, do you have any final thoughts that you want to say about the? My final thought VR? is this is fun, nice, and it's good. <laughs> I just wouldn't want it in my house. All right, <laughs> that's all. All right, I thanks, want it in an arcade. And everybody, all check right. out Memory Machine also. Yeah, yeah we have fun. I haven't thing. posted in a while, but that's because I was in Europe and stuff, so I was mm-hmm. busy. So. Awesome. But anyway, yeah, and check out it. Keep listening to this, these guys' podcast because it's great and it's fun. <laughs> Thanks, Nate. So, yeah, of Thank course. You. Thanks, man. <laughs> All right. Take it easy, guys. All right, cool. Yeah. So uh, we have Tom here. Hello again, to, friends. To talk Hi, to us about the Labo VR. So tell me, man, what did, what did you think of your experience? I liked it. Um, it wasn't immediately nauseating, which I appreciated. Um, I don't know what in particular was different about that that wasn't as rough as some of the other stuff that I've done. Um, I think... Partially that it's meant to be seated and that you're moving slowly enough that it's not particularly nauseating. But I could see how, for example, if that was, uh, if you're flying or something like that, that that could be a little bit more difficult. Um, you know, the 2D, or excuse me, the you know two directions of movement, or really one direction, right? It's on like a... Yeah, it's on, it's on rails. Yeah, it's on rails. It, you know, it allows you to do a pretty simple amount of stuff. The, you know, the cardboard felt good. I wanted to be kind of delicate with it because I felt parts where it was starting to like be a little belabored and I could kind of feel that in the cardboard so 
I don't know. I think at some point it would be interesting to see if people come in with plasticized parts that kind of take over for yeah. some of that. Yeah. Um, because I feel like if, you know, it certainly is cool, but for the price tag, you're going to have something that no matter what, essentially is going to start to fall down, right? I mean, it's going to start to be to be to fall apart a bit. But it was it was fun. It was really enjoyable. Yeah. What um what is what are the most interesting opinions that you've heard so far about this? I mean, everybody everybody seems to be really positive about it. Actually, yeah. You know, like we talked to you know we talked to people who are working in VR and all that. Like they, yeah. they think it works. You know, they, like they've compared it to other stuff and said it's a lot smoother than That's you would, you would expect. And also like. Uh, what was it? Uh, Sam was talking so, about yeah. like the white. There's no like fade to white or anything like that. Yeah, she, she was specifically talking about the color saturation, which yeah. uh, we wouldn't know much about. But since she works with VR, yeah, on a regular basis, that's something she pointed out that Nintendo did that correctly. That's no, that's really cool. And I actually don't mind the. Um, I mean, for what it is, I really don't super mind the resolution. Like, it definitely like I think someone said earlier, it does kind of feel like a CRT TV. Yeah. But I'm kind of cool with that. Like, I don't. It doesn't bother me necessarily. It kind of gives it a really interesting feel. Um, it feels kind. Of, it feels kind of retro almost. It does. From the, yeah. And it's really tight. Like, there is at some point where it's just again, it's that that little Nintendo flair that makes the difference, right? Like, I was there was at one point where there was a. Uh, uh, a little robot dude that was walking by me and like he didn't interact with me and I didn't act with him but we just stared each other down and he just like looked at me the whole time like you gonna shoot me you gonna do it and I didn't and it was really and it was just it was a cute little moment where like he was you know, he kind of like scowled at me like what are you doing here like it was just super cute stuff like that in these games that I really appreciate that they've taken that kind of little attention to detail that makes us really fun right because it's, it's not just like a little shooter but it gives character to that in particular so yeah no, I, I really hope that it takes off. Like you were saying about um, making plastic ones. Like I, right when I when I saw it, I th- was, had thoughts of like the Super Scope Six and all that. Yeah, for Super uh-huh. Nintendo. And I was like, uh, yeah, I was like, I really hope that some other companies embrace it and we get like some arcade shooters like Time Crisis or yeah. like House of the Dead. I would love to play it through that thing in, in that sort of a thing. And and I just I really, yeah, I think it's it's really smart to kind of bring out their. You know, temporary opportunities for new parts, new things, right? Like I always thought they were going to go the direction of custom controllers. Mm-hmm. Like when this, when the Switch first came out, it, I was really expecting them to be, you know, custom Joy Cons. Yeah, yeah. But instead, what's happened is they've done custom things that use Joy Cons as their controllers. Oh which yeah, I yeah, would yeah. N- Never expected if someone told me. Yeah, that. it's amazing, like the engineering that goes into. I just, and I noticed you were watching, like, kind or just kind of taking a look about. Yeah, because the uh, basically this Joy Con, the right one, has a camera on the back. It has like a, a gotcha. Okay, has has a whatever IR camera. Yeah, and, it, and it's it has reflective surfaces that it's reading, so it knows that it's loading and all that. Sure, stuff, the so. distance and stuff like that. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. And yeah, I was really more looking at the internals as well from like. Uh, you know, an engineering point of view of what it, what's going to be the first to fail in these, right? And yeah. it's going to be the areas where the rubber bands impact with the you know the cardboard. Mm-hmm. It's going to be the areas where there is pressure on the cardboard, like the edge of the gun here. You can see yeah, yeah. you can already start to see pressure lines forming. Like yeah, yeah. it's it's it would be really interesting to me to see how they're going to. Maybe they won't decide to deal with that, but if there's a way to be able to you know, so you spend five bucks and you have a little kit that makes sure that the the handle doesn't fall apart as quickly or something like yeah, that yeah. right someone makes some custom little plastic part it'd be cool to see that because i think there's that like that game you could play for a while there's mm. a cute amount of longevity with that yeah so. th- i think there's like what is it like eight levels and they all have like three parts and yeah. and you can like try to get a uh, higher higher uh, scores and yeah and badges there's also there's a really cool two-player game in there 
um, that involves hippos, where you uh, where you feed uh, you basically feed different types of fruit to these hippos, and <laughs> and depending on what you feed them, the you know, the farther they'll move, and whoever has the most hippos in the end wins. So it's yeah. kind of like a hungry hippos. Yeah, that's thing, great you know. with a little cannon. That's and you basically just pass the blaster back and forth. You can play with two players. So it's, it's a really cool, like, uh, multiplayer. Cool. I like that. So. Yeah. All right, well, thanks, y'all. Appreciate yeah, no it. Thank you. Any, any uh, final thoughts you want to say? about? VR? I think that's it. Do you have a Switch? I do not yet. Yeah. I would really like one, um, but my most recent purchase was the PS4. So that's, okay. my, oh, okay. that's my big thing. Next thing is going to be Switch, and then after that is going to be... Uh, my uh, Pikachu N64 because I've been saving up for that. Um, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, and I've wanted that one for a while. I've seen it here. I've seen it on the show. I know, yeah, there, yeah. I've seen some pretty varying, hugely varying prices from like a hundred bucks to like two fifty, and I'm like, ah, we're gonna have to check on this one. So, awesome, yeah, yeah, right. yeah, cool. Uh, yeah, does this uh, make you want the Switch anymore? Does it make you uh, in- interested in the VR? In the Labo? Not necessarily. I, I don't think I'm gonna spend a whole lot of time on Labo stuff just because it's one of those things where I'm gonna be looking for something that's just ready to go right out the bat. Sure. As interesting as I, I think that that is, I would much rather go for something like PSVR that I can just throw it on without oh, okay. having to worry about yeah, that. Yeah. I think it's I think it's with people that have a bunch of time, like kids or um, you know parents for kids. I think there's a lot of opportunity there. But for me, I'm not interested in creating something custom for each of my VR experiences. Oh, okay. if that makes sense. So yeah. nice. Cool. All right, cool. Thanks yeah. for talking to us. Thanks, right. Tom. Thanks yeah. y'all. Yeah. This is Nate Talbot. Uh, we we talked to you last year. Uh, yep. Nintendo Man did. Uh, you were working on. Uh, it was Bite the Chili, right? That That's was right. Your, yeah, uh, kind of yeah, my game was, production. Yeah, yeah, it was your production company. I know you're working on like a Halcyon. That's yep, the one. yeah. Well, they got a little bit some progress over there that you can look at. It's Very a little nice. bit further, but probably still have another year's worth of work to do on it. So. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Very cool. And uh, also, and we just um, you just tried out the Labo VR. For, yeah. for Switch for us. Uh, what do you think? Oh, that was a lot of fun. I mean, I felt like it's like a lot of. Um, some of the VR things where it's a lot of fun for about 10 minutes, you get kind of sick to your stomach. I don't know that I would play it for hours and hours and hours, oh, sure. but it's a super fun five-minute experience. Yeah. Did, did it make you feel like queasy, like uh, motion sickness? A little or bit. What? Okay. But, I mean, so that's part of the, I wouldn't keep playing it forever, but... Do you have much experience with VR outside of just trying this? Um, I've done a little bit of, you know, you put on the Oculus for five minutes, yeah. or the the phone Google goggles, not Google goggles, what's oh, it called? The, the Google, Google cardboard. cardboard. Yeah, 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 we had one of those, so... I mean, I've played with them, but mm-hmm. not not a lot. Yeah, one of the, I think it's I think it's better than the Google Cardboard, but I mean, what what were your expectations for Labo VR? Did you really think uh, I have I've actually never heard of it before? You guys walked up and said, "Hey, you <laughs> okay. want to try this?" Yeah. <laughs> so it's about two days old. It just came out on Friday. Okay. So it's uh yeah it's forty dollars um, for the cardboard, and uh, yeah you just put your switch in there. I was a, I'm really curious at how well the cardboard holds up. I felt like mm-hmm. with all the rubber bands and me firing the trigger over and over and over again, mm-hmm. that after a few hours worth of work, your cardboard's going to be. Mushy and yeah, that's what I'm afraid of too. Because I, I really like it a lot. Like uh, I have the other Labo as well, the one where you like build the piano and all that yeah. stuff. Which that was cool, but I don't play piano, so I can't really right. do that much. I'm not musically talented, so but so there wasn't a whole lot. It, the, the building was fun, but after it was done, I didn't know what to do with it. But right, where but this, this seems like you can keep reusing it. And do they have multiple yeah. games that are all different, or is it just that one game? Uh, no, there's a bunch of different like uh, kind of demo-y like uh, mini games. But right. th- that's yeah. probably the most complete one. There's also a, a two-player uh, Hungry Hippos type game. Oh, that's in there really fun. That's really yeah. cool. It is fun. That where you pass the you pass the controller back and forth and play right. it like that. So, so that's I mean, it was engrossing enough that I forgot where I was at and who I was looking at. <laughs> yeah. I was like, Am I making a fool of myself? You know, moving all over the Did place. Did you feel here. like uh, it was heavy? Did your arm start to get tired? My thumb started to get tired from okay. the the oh, trigger, yeah, yeah. but the the weight wasn't bothering. That wasn't a problem. Yeah, I love the uh, I love the like feedback, like at the, when you you know you could feel it move. Like, yes, yeah, I, yeah, it was nice and chunky, which is it was kind of nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, again, I think it would get exhausting if you played for an hour. It's not the yeah. kind of toy that you'd want to do some serious gaming with, but. For ten minutes, I pick it up and it's chunky and it's fun and it's mm-hmm. responsive and makes a nice yeah. kathunk kathunk and oh yeah for sure yeah no I, I they they 
they ask you to play it sitting down, so like they want you to. Uh, we actually found the best way to do it was like in a swivel chair. Like that that makes that sense. Yeah, I think down. sitting down, you'd lose some of the. Yeah. I'm looking behind me. I'm all over yeah. the place. Yeah, I don't think you ever. I mean, you can look behind you, but I don't think you have to ever look directly. I found one enemy you. behind me, but I don't yeah. know if you know. Oh, okay. I don't oh, know if sure. it matters. Yeah, yeah. No, no it's a. Uh, it's like um, it's high score based. You can go through and unlock uh, yeah. unlock medals and all that. And uh, do you have a switch? No, I don't. Does this uh, make you want to switch anymore just from playing it? <laughs> uh, honestly, no. My first thought was, oh, this is kind of fun. I, maybe I should get another Google Cardboard and get something like that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> basically I'm a cheapskate. Much so cheaper, the idea right. of, yeah. I mean, Smash makes me want to switch because my kids want to play Smash. Everybody does it. This Smash is great. This yeah. is a lot of fun, but it felt similar enough to a lot of the stuff when you go to the store and they have the $20 VR adapter for your phone. It mm-hmm. felt similar enough to that. Better, yeah. but similar enough that... Yeah, it's like this, the basic, the blaster set is uh, 40 bucks. Right. And I, I'm... If I had a Switch, yeah. I'd probably, probably spend the money to get one, but it doesn't yeah. make me think I should go get a Switch. Oh, okay. Yeah, Does I'm that just, make sense? I'm, yep. I'm, curi- I'm just curious to see uh, you know, what, what people think about it. Yeah. I, uh, the one thing that concerns me, like you were saying, is uh, the possibility of the wear down of the cardboard and all right. that. Right. Yeah, I, lo- I felt like, I mean, I was beating them that yeah. ka-chunk, 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 ka-chunk. Yeah. Because I want it to be, uh, I want it to be something that's embraced by other companies. Like I would really love to see some arcade shooters. Like so that would with be that. Yeah. Yes. Like I would love to play House of the Dead two like that, or like Overkill, or like any of the old ones. That's one of the funny things about this sort of thing is I've I've played a lot of little demos like this. Yeah. I've never sat down and played a game that was designed to be a big full game yeah. with VR. Yeah. And there's a lot of opportunities for it if you can design it in a way that's not just gimmicky. Sure. You know, it's not yeah. a five minute gimmick. I know they are. They're doing a thing with uh, Zelda where you can play Breath of the Wild with that. Oh, that's kind of cool. Hold it to your face, so that's right. one other thing. That's the one problem with yeah, it; yeah. it gets exhausting. Either you have yeah, a mask yeah. on, or you're holding this thing to your face yeah, the yeah. whole time. That's one thing. Cool. Uh, any final thoughts about Level VR? I had a lot of fun playing it. So awesome. Yeah. Uh, thanks. Thanks for talking yeah, to us. Thanks. And uh, your website is a uh, bite the uh, chili. Bite okay, yep. everybody. I have make free sure ROM downloads of most of my games. So yeah. come make, play stuff. Make oh, sure to check out uh, NES homebrew stuff from yep. Nate Talbot. Uh, bite the chili. Thanks, cool. guys. So yeah, that it's crazy. Like that, a lot of people. It seems like a lot of people uh, mostly were talking about uh, how durable the cardboard is. It seems to be like the main the main thing that they said out of all those interviews. Which I'm kind that of was it. That was like yeah. I can't believe how sturdy this is. I didn't expect it to be this sturdy. Well, also also people like hoping for uh, a plastic version of it or a better version because I, I mean that from at least three people. I mean, you know, somebody what? will three D print a version and sell it online. I hope you know, so. If you because really want that, but. Well, because my my uh, part of the charm. my trigger is already kind of fucked up, already just from only uh, having the thing uh, like three days. Like you can tell yeah. that it's already kind of bent and not like moving the way that it should be. Like because I played it right when we got back from uh, MGC, like here in my apartment, and the and the trigger was already sticking. So like I'm like uh, so it seems like the cardboard's already kind of starting to warp <laughs> on there. How many so. people actually tried it though? I'm wondering if like you know people are a little bit rougher on things. That aren't their own sometimes, and if you had like a whole bunch of people, try probably it, at least maybe. ten people. Yeah, but a lot of them were friends of ours. It wasn't like uh, I don't feel like they were being rough with it or anything. I mean, they're just pushing down on it. I don't know. I'm just saying that it, that it felt weird when it, when I tried it again, and even like after Jeremy and I playing it like uh, Friday night and Saturday night, the handle was starting to come off too. Like the the connector that you like, you know how you bend it over and mm-hmm. put it in. Uh, that sounds way dirtier than I thought it, than I thought it would be, but uh, yeah, no, it was that was kind of starting to come unravel too, and I was already starting to see parts that I may have to tape up, you know. So Let me that, ask you this though, because I was I was pretty curious about it. Um, how about the part that actually holds the switch? Oh, that, that seems the most dangerous if that fails. Oh no, that part is really really tight. Actually, you actually put this you put this little foam thing in there 
and it like makes the switch super super secure. Like there's um when you're using when you're not using the um when you're not using the blaster, there's this little like clip that you put on top of it that's supposed to like house it so it won't come out the sides. But trust me, even if I took it like on the side and shook it, it wouldn't come out. Like it's very that's very cool. tight in there. So I'd say that's yeah, cool. definitely like they made sure that it's not going anywhere. Like it's not really it feels it feels like it's made for the exact spot of the switch and it and as you go through the making of it in the tutorial it, like it'll ask you to make sure like he you know here make sure that this is not gonna like it's not loose at all and it isn't so so yeah so i i mean if you were to like strap it to your head or whatever i wouldn't be worried of it falling out on the side the only thing you would be worried about of it like falling straight down yeah and but it wouldn't fall out of the cardboard thing is what i'm saying it, you could drop the cardboard thing and then it would break but it's not gonna fall out it's very That's very cool. secure it's a weird thing. Like the uh, the blaster levels basically feel like feel like you're on an old Disney ride, probably from like the 70s or something. I guess. And so mm-hmm. <laughs> there's some roller coaster levels where you're actually on a track. I mean, you're on a track in all of them, but there's one that you're on a roller coaster track, so you can look down and you're going down, and then you go up and all that. And uh, but yeah, it very it very much feels like an attraction from like a from like a uh, amusement park that type of thing. And I what I and I've said it, I said it many a times. You heard it earlier on the interviews, but. I really want them to. I want somebody to embrace it and and just release some light gun games for it. I would love to see that because uh, it would work really well for it. You basically have a light gun game that doesn't need a TV. Now that it's difficult to have, you know, to do light gun games with HD TVs, you mm-hmm. could just if you had a House of the Dead or something that worked with this, I thought it'd be a lot of fun, you know. And I never I think, felt like, just off the top yeah. of my head. One way you could maybe do something like that is you have the the elephant nose thing where. You have the Joy-Cons is facing back at the at the reflectors, mm-hmm. so that'll do well, the, the positioning. Well, the blaster, uh, maybe you have your other Joy-Con. The blaster does that too. Yeah, the blaster does the same. It, the blaster does the same thing because the Joy-Con that's in the front of the gun, yep. the camera is pointing back, yeah. and you actually do put reflective tape inside of the blaster, inside of the barrel of the blaster. So it's doing the same thing as as the uh, okay. as the. Um, so it knows it knows like where you're at and all that. I actually the, yes, all the mechanical function of the blaster itself is is based off the IR camera reading it because mm. it's all it's all rubber bands making that yeah uh, like click action work and stuff and got it yeah because you have to like only you, one of the you two have to load it like a shotgun Joy Cons have cameras so oh right I forgot about that yeah they have but they have IR, I guess that IR the uh, the switch itself has a gyroscope in it so there's three gyroscopes and yeah I didn't I didn't camera. know that. Yeah, that was weird. Yeah. Like that was new to me. I didn't know that. <laughs> but apparently, the switch, like just as the screen, has a has a has a gyro in it because you would have to like you have to set it down sometimes for the VR for it to like recalibrate, especially like if you're carrying it around the show floor like like we were doing, you know. But uh, yeah, it's it's really interesting. Um, it blew me away. I did not expect it to be as good as it was. You know, like and even after reading what people said, I was like, well, this is going to be disappointing. But you know, I I said it. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, I was going to get to that, but we were kind of, we were kind of like talking to different people on the show floor, and I think it was a pretty common consensus for the most part, not everyone, but uh, that the bar the bar was set so low, yeah, that, that everybody thought it was, it was a great. wow factor. It was <laughs> yeah. even higher for that reason. Yeah, everybody um, thought it was resolution crap. wise, it definitely looks like a CRT. It looks like yeah, it looks like four eighty a- by whatever the four eighty p the original. Resolution, because you got to think you're dividing 720 in half for the Switch screen, so it's 360p, really. 
Mm-hmm. And then all on top of that, there's a lot of motion blur. So putting putting that together, it's uh, it's not exactly always visually great. But whenever you like, kind of like get focused on wherever you're going, then it looks awesome. Yeah, it's the motion blur makes everything look really fuzzy. But once you stop, it like gets kind of sharp. But it's one of those things that like. If it was a better screen, it could be really, really cool, you know, and like has the potential yeah. there. If it was a higher resolution, then it could be really cool. I mean, it's definitely cool as it is right now, but it could be cooler. That's what, that's what I'm saying. But it's fun. I mean, uh, there's like some levels uh, like in the blaster thing where you, you know, where you're in the dark and you see like these giant like monster creatures next to you and it's kind of scary, you know, because they're just these big things floating around in the dark and you can't see them. And the great thing right, about you fire your bullet and then it, it like casts light as it flies. Yeah, like so illuminates. Like, you know, it's creating like dynamic lighting as it yeah. goes, so that that's even creepier when it casts a light on like a thing and it's right by you and you don't and you know where it see is it there. And and keep in mind, none of these things actually attack you in those levels. There's so no attacking. Yeah, so you don't actually. It's not you don't die. You're just like playing for a high score. That's basically how it works. You can. There can be bosses that like you won't defeat and you won't get a score for that. But that's kind of like what the big thing is. It's just like how quickly you can shoot them or how well you can do it, like do combos and stuff like that. But you don't actually get attacked, so there's no way to die in that. But, I mean, I think there's like ten levels, and they all have like three parts to them to each of the levels. Mm-hmm. So so there's a pretty pretty decent amount of stuff to do, like on the regular Blaster game. Not to mention, you know, there's a whole bunch of like extra just little small demos and stuff. Like Jeremy was playing. There's a baseball one where you have a giant like – what what is it's it's like a two by four you know it's like that's a big, pretty much yeah it looks yeah. like a big piece of wood <laughs> big uh, blue piece of wood but not and, a bat. yeah and Jeremy was like sitting you know we were sitting like not close to each other at all but you had the illusion that you were going to hit me in the face with it because you knew I was far right you yeah know, like I knew yeah. you were sitting on the other bed in the hotel room and like I was like this is six feet long and he's definitely less than six feet away from me so yeah. I had that feeling like almost like. Oh shit! Like, am I close to you? Am I gonna hit you, Trey? Yeah. He's like, no, you're nowhere near me. Yeah, we, we played it in the swivel chair that we had at the hotel room, so that that really helped actually. That was fun too. Yeah, for the shooting game. Yeah, I really liked a lot of those demos, especially since well, so you know, Trey threw together the VR headset. In, what like ten minutes? It didn't take very long. Maybe like twenty and, minutes, uh, but yeah. It was. I mean, compared to how long it took to put the blaster together. Yeah, like we were able we were able to try the VR within you know let's say half an hour of opening the box, we were able to actually try yeah, it. Yeah, to and, try uh, the basic stuff. A lot, of those, a lot of those, like, yeah, a lot of those tech demos are pretty cool. There's one where you're, um, and Trey said it was based off that that uh, mobile game, but it's like a, it's a UFO game, so it's like a Oh, yeah, right. yeah, yeah, it reminded me of part-time UFO, and it, and it was VR, like the same UFO, VR too. And VR claw machine is fucking cool. Like, I, did, I never would have thought that would have been as fun as it is, but it's it's so cool. And, like, the intuitive nature of VR you know, you really, you really get it in that game. Like, because between like the actual three dimensional feedback you're getting, there's also like a shadow. There's shadows being cast, and you can use that to line up your, um, your drop and all that. So, it's really cool, man. It's like it's pretty cool. All those, all just all those little demos add up to. I could tinker with those all day. Yeah, there so was 64 games in there, right? And like some of them used the, um, the Labo accessories because you got you got the the starter kit right so there's accessories that you don't have I'm wondering right how does the game either like restrict you from using say the elephant nose drawing thing or yeah they do I, can, I, can you get into it I, I tried actually did try using it without the elephant thing and it just doesn't register at all it needs to be 
it, it needs to have the um, you need to have the elephant mask to do it. Like you can because try- of all the precise setup of the reflective tape and you everything. Can- yeah, yeah, you can try it, but um, you can try it out, but it, it won't work. Like you can't point at anything. Like you can't move what you need to move. You'll just be looking through what you'd be looking through in the elephant one. You just can't do anything. Is basically you can go, you can go to that. But yeah, no. In in those games, it'll have a little icon and it'll tell you like what type of thing you need to use to play it. Right. So it'll tell you like what it'll be like. This is the bird butt, or like this is the whatever, the you know the wind flap, or the or the or the camera, or whatever you know. But, so you can see it, you can kind of get some some sense of what it is, but it just doesn't really function. Correct. Yeah. So yeah. you you just see the you see what it would be like right before you start actually playing, but then you can't play. Yeah. You you basically I'm just have to curious because from the you know the history of Nintendo, they're so like concerned about their presentation and all that stuff. I'm wondering, like, does it look like? I'm surprised that they would allow you to look at something that may potentially look broken. You know what I mean? Just because you you don't have those accessories, but it doesn't, it doesn't look that bad. No. I, I I think it's more just Nintendo being like, you know, this is a this is a little toy box. I mean, it's literally a toy box, and we don't want to sell different software. You don't you don't have to include a a special different Nintendo Switch game with this other expansion set. So let's just have it all be the same thing. And yeah, like I didn't try the elephant thing. I'm just going by what Trey told me, but. Yeah. I mean, it's unplayable because you don't have you, you can't, specific. Yeah, you can't do, to do it. You can't do anything at all. Like you can't even like. You just it. It's just yeah. It's unplayable. You can move the Joy Cons around however you want to, but it doesn't. Nothing happens. That's basically what happens. But you also have to like. You have to convince the game that you've already built it. So you have to go through the tutorial and all that of, of building the elephant. Or you could just tell it. Or you can just tell it that you have it. You know, because it'll ask you whether you have it or not, and it will tell you. Right when you start, it'll say like, "Hey, this won't work if you don't have this built." So it very much, it very much lets you know, and it won't like unlock things until you like build another thing. You know, you'd have to like click on it and tell it that you have that thing, and then it'll let you try it out. Like just because I wanted to try, you know, like the painting thing, or like just see if it worked, and it just it didn't. So, so yeah, so you need uh, to, you need to build that giant ugly elephant thing, which I still I don't want. I'm not gonna. So <laughs> I'm good with my blaster. <laughs> But yeah, no, I mean I'll it's do that uh, next week. I bought mine, but it hasn't arrived yet. So yeah, you got Hopefully yours. Buy it next show. Yeah, you were able to get yours from Amazon. I, I pretty much heard all around that it was pretty much gone most places. People weren't able to find it. I guess if you didn't get it earlier or reserve it or whatever. I, I bought mine early at Amazon, and it came here like at three o'clock on Friday, so it was there. They're very punctual on that, which is good. Because I wanted to make sure I was real afraid that I wouldn't get it before we left, and I wanted to make sure and have it on the show floor, as you heard earlier. But yeah. Labo. And I'm glad you got it too, because I got to try it out. And... Now you, now you got the, yeah, now you got the lust for the VR. You, you, and I want it. it. And I've, yeah. <laughs> I've been to two different stores so far. No, no luck finding the Labo. Yeah, plenty of the other again. sets. You're gonna get the basic too, right, Jeremy? Or you're gonna try to get the full thing. I'll probably just get the basic one whenever okay. I can. Okay. It may be a little while before I get my hands on it, but mm-hmm. once I can. I'll definitely be playing it, and I really want to play the uh, two-player mode. Oh yeah, we haven't even talked about. There's a I show that to other people around here because it's so fun. Yeah, I wish I could remember what it's called. There's like a hippo mode on there where you, uh, it's like a two-player mode, and you pass the blaster back and forth between two people, and it's basically this pool of hippos, and you choose a different type of fruit to feed the hippos, and depending on what fruit you give them, they um. They will like react to it and they'll like move faster if they like it or slower if they don't like it. And you basically want to get the most amount of hippos into your circle in the pool in the end to win. 
And you can steal hippos from the other person. Like, you can kind of, like, sort of bocce ball it where you, like, have one hit the other one to, like, hit, you know, to, like, domino it into your, into, like, your area and all that. And and it's fun. It's fun to do. And, uh, yeah, you just hand it back and forth. And then it's, like, a turn-based uh, round thing, you know. And I think it's, like, four or five rounds. You you can change it, actually. I think you can make it longer and all that. But that's a that's a pretty cool multiplayer thing that's that's on there right off the bat, which I know a lot of people have been talking about, so. And probably one of the few VR experiences that's really like able you can do that where you can just just pass over your friend like yeah. <laughs> any other VR I've seen is like a whole thing to like take it off you know and mm-hmm. switch it over to someone else and ha- they have to get adjusted to it mm-hmm. and it wouldn't be easy right. to just play a like a rapidly passing back and forth game mm-hmm. with True. most VR solutions and uh, and what uh, and next Thursday we will have that update for Mario and Zelda. To, to play around with that so and even though there was uh we're not really going to do much news this week just because of uh our interviews are like our topic but but um there was there was a uh little news thing of nintendo saying basically saying that you should only do it in small spurts if you are going yeah. to play uh zelda vr so they're already kind of walking it back a little bit on their uh <laughs> on that front <sighs> no. they're they're already they're already doing the well and also like while me and jeremy were putting this together They'd very much do the same like Wii Sports, like virtual virtual boy thing, where it's like, hey, you know, you should take a break. Like, uh, hey, maybe you should go get some tea. Like, maybe maybe you need to <laughs> need to not be playing this anymore. And I'm like, no, stop. There are times stop where it would specifically that. say like, you need a really long break. Yeah, it was. It keeps telling you to not play, and it's like, come on, dude, don't don't do that. Like that was you, you remember that when it always showed the picture of the window, like while you're playing Wii Sports, it's like maybe you should go outside. It's like no, no, I don't want to go outside. Leave me alone. <laughs> it's like I, I, I bought this with my hard-earned money. Let me do it. So yeah, he's just gonna lay down in the field and close yeah. <laughs> his eyes and suggest maybe you do the same. Yeah, but they're, yeah, they're already putting warnings out for that, so it'll be interesting. But there's like one demo where you're in a kitchen, which I thought was cool. Oh yeah, yeah, you know, the kitchen whatever. It's, it's all Nintendo fied, but I was you're literally in a kitchen and you can just like cause havoc. You know, it's not a game; it's just like a, a demo room. But like, I'm just knocking shit off I'm, i pick up like a what is it like a, a frozen fish and you can throw it across the room yeah you find it in the fridge this there's like this That's big fish the in the fridge in VR is just messing stuff up yeah it actually you can turn the faucet on and then turn the gravity off and then the drops of water floating all over the place and yeah it's pretty fun it actually reminded me a lot of the game elements from Wii, if you remember that game that oh was like yeah a, that was a launch game, Great game where you would like go through and look for those little guys it's kind of like that where you like grab stuff and you open doors and like there's things inside of there and you can kind of like shake it around and stuff comes out of it like it's very much like that like minus mm. collecting the little creatures and all that Konami, so. if you're listening no they i would i would love it if they re-release that Elibits i would, I would play it i would awesome. play it yeah no, I mean, I, just playing around with it in the blaster mode. I just, I want, I really want like them to to re-release some arcade stuff, like House of the Dead Two, man, in VR. That'd be so much fun. And you don't even have to make it look that good because it doesn't look good anyway. Just fucking make it, you know. Just yeah. keep it the way you it don't is. You don't even have to redo the voiceovers because they're like, not good yeah, anyway. So suffer yeah. like Chi did, man. Do it. <laughs> I would love to play that game. That'd be so much fun. Or even but as like, far as the visual like fidelity goes, yeah. like, once you're in it. You, it's, you, it's very quick that you stop noticing. Like, okay, maybe you, you, you still notice. You get but used to it pretty quickly. Very, it's not really, yeah. You're not feeling like this is unplayable or this is subpar. You're just kind of like, your brain accepts the fact that you're staring at a switch screen really close mm-hmm. and it's creating a 3D effect. And, and it's awesome how well it plays out. 
And it also didn't seem like it drained the battery that much, right, Trey? Uh, no, I didn't. I think uh, when I got back after we had walked around the show floor with it, it was at like 50% something, like 55%, I think. And we had, it was on yeah. the entire time. Yeah, and like, we didn't turn it off. We just kept it on. Stayed on. Yeah. yeah. yeah really like, I think that using the gyros all the time would drain the battery, but I guess not. It's good to hear. And it, and it is and it stays fairly bright for the um obviously obviously it's brighter for the VR stuff so. I want to talk about I do I did get a couple other things this week. Um also there was a the Smash Brothers update is up right now, 3.0. Um it like just came out like an hour ago or a few hours ago. I really haven't been able to do spend a whole lot of time with it. I I like played as Joker for a little bit, which is so weird to me. Like it's just surreal like seeing Joker on uh, Smash Brothers. And it does uh, for anybody who's played Persona 5, like when you win, it does the same like um you know, like a battle win screen that it does in the regular game where he like runs and there's like the arrow that like goes all around. And also uh, his like final smash move is the same as the all out attack where all you guys attack at once. And it shows like the red background and the, um, and the, and like the black silhouette and it shows, you know, where the blood like sprays out of their chests. And it does that in Smash Brothers, but it's stars instead of blood, which I thought was hilarious. Cause I, That's awesome. Because I looked at it, and I'm like, I'm like, oh, no way. I'm like, did they do that? Is that blood? And I looked at it really closely, and I'm like, oh, no, it's stars. But you really – it's still black. Like, it, it's not like a red blood. It's like, you know, dark because it's the silhouette and all that. But that when I – you know, I always thought that should be Joker's either, like, victory – his victory move or, like, his, uh, you know, super move or whatever. And it's totally in there. And it's the um, it's the Mementos world, and it changes color depending on what Persona song you play. And there's a bunch of amazing songs on there from. The, I mean, Persona games have been known for having incredible soundtracks, and now they're on Smash Brothers as well. So now you have even better music on there than you did before, even more nice. great music, you know. So, well, I tried the Stage Builder, and I think that's going to bring me right back to Smash because I love the Stage Builder and Brawl. Yeah. I already I, built the Chibi Robo stage. Oh, okay. Yeah, I haven't even haven't done that yet. I just went straight to Joker because I wanted to try him out. But yeah, no, that stage builder that we talked about last week, that is true, of course. It is in there. Um you can draw stuff out in handheld mode, which is pretty rad, which I think you could do in the Wii U one as well, but they carried that over. So I already you, saw someone did a propane Hank Hill themed level. Yeah. And and it <laughs> looks like they're doing like it looks like they're doing like a Super Mario Maker type thing in there. Where there's gonna be a Smash Brothers app, like with the Nintendo app, where you can like mm-hmm. look through stuff that people have made and like download it to your system while you're not yeah. there through your phone. I was actually kind of surprised yeah. that they were gonna allow you to to post uh, stages and stuff. I just think that might be a that's a pretty big what do you call it like 
They have to monitor it, you know, make sure people aren't well, sure, drawing dicks all over the place. Yeah, but they did that for Super Mario Maker. I mean, this is the same thing that we, that they had for Super Mario Maker 1. I mean, it was a website you had to go to, but you could do that where you would browse people's stuff and you could mark it. And then when you went and turned on your Wii U, it would be marked on there and you could play it. when you. So it's like the idea of like while you're at work, you might be thinking about you want to play some Mario levels, but you don't want to look for them when you get home. So like as you're at work, you'll like pick them out. And then when you get home, they're already picked out for you. Like the same like this. And that's cool. I'm glad that they're doing that. So I get that gives us an idea of what they're going to do for Super Mario Maker 2. Like when that when that comes around, you know, it's going to probably mm-hmm. going to be the same sort of thing. You know, now that we don't have the Miiverse, it'll be more like within the app and all that, which is which is fine. I'm really interested to see what people have made on there. I haven't really yeah, didn't even get to didn't even get to go to the stage builder at all. I I hopped on Smash Brothers last night cuz I was cuz I saw that video and I was like, "Oh, it's the 17th." And it was like 2 in the morning or whatever. And uh Nope, wasn't there yet. It just it just dropped what at ten thirty central. So, and I just got back like an hour ago, so I didn't really have much time to mess around with it. But next week we will talk about it for sure. With uh, when we talk about Mortal Kombat eleven as well, which I was talking to John about this earlier. It, it's it it's, it appears that Mortal Kombat eleven is getting is getting a day early release on Switch. I don't I don't know what's going on with this because every advertisement I've seen says four twenty three for Mortal Kombat eleven. But if you go on the eShop. It says 4.22 on the eShop. So that means that it comes out a day early on the Switch. So that's like a day one exclusive for Switch, I guess. I don't know. I feel that's like it's cool. I feel like it's going to like reset it next week or something, but it's been up there for a while, you know. Like I'm I really hope it comes out on Monday. I'll get to play, you know, I'll have more plate of it by the time we get to talk get to talking about it next week, you know. You would think that they would have, have more like advertising and stuff. You know, switch exclusive Mortal Monday or something like that. But yeah. it's just well, there's a there's not like, being talked about. There's like uh, promos all over the city. I mean, Mortal Kombat is like made locally. I mean, like in Chicago. specific to yeah. the to the Switch early oh, okay. day early release. Sure, I'm just saying. I've, I've seen I've seen it all over the place. Like Scorpion is yeah. on like all sorts of like billboards and stuff all around Chicago, and it all says like right. 423 on everything. So yeah, you would think that they would advertise that it's. Yeah, that they're having a day exclusive. But look at look at look it up on eShop on the eShop. You don't believe us? It's right there, four twenty two. So I'm hoping to be playing it on Monday. That'll be cool. But uh, I uh, I ended up getting a couple games. For, well, one of them isn't out yet. But I ended up buying. Uh, I bought Hellblade on uh, on Switch. That uh, that psychological uh, thriller action game. Sinuous sacrifice. Sinuous sacrifice. Yeah, it's uh, it looks actually. I kind of. I kind of I did a stream of it last night and I kind of fucked it up. I uh, cuz everybody's been saying that you should play it on your headphones, so I put my headphones on it and played it and streamed it, and I didn't realize that doing that makes no audio go to the stream. So the stream was completely silent except for me breathing and and talking, which maybe made it scarier, I don't know. But uh, <laughs> but, that, but that was my stream and I didn't even know until later, but no, it sounds I actually like, did I did hop on your stream for a brief second last night and all I could hear that. was breathing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> did you think it was But I didn't I didn't know <laughs> there was anything wrong. I just thought maybe you Yeah. No, the game is really cool. It actually it reminds me a lot of things. It reminds me of Shadow of the Colossus. It reminds me of it reminds me of uh, Eternal Darkness. Like it reminds me of uh fuck what Extermination Force. Well, I mean there's not you don't like climb over guys. Like that's not what it reminds me of Shadow of the Colossus stuff. What it reminds me of Shadow of the Colossus is it's very much like a story of one character like trying to save their lover, you know, who's in peril. Is basically like the same way that Shadow of the Colossus starts. You're on this lonely journey journey by yourself just trying to get to this person. 
And that's that's what reminded me of that. But no, it's it's an incredibly beautiful game. There's there's almost like it it feels like you're pretty much the entire time in the uh, in in um, Eternal Darkness when your sanity meter is gone, like because you constantly hear different voices like that aren't you know of, of your own, like telling you that you can do things or not do things or whatever, trying to discourage you. And there's a whole like level where it's all about like it's just uh, illusions, and you have to find ways to. It's weird. It's really hard to explain, and I don't want to explain it too much because I feel like it would it would spoil the game. But there's like you know there's like pathways that will automatically be revealed depending on like where you move and like yeah, it's really cool. It's really cool and it's really fun to play. And uh, after we're done, I want to stream it some more. So if you guys want to hop on and watch it, you should because it's very very cool and I like it a lot. It's a it's thirty bucks. I think it's only like seven or eight hours, but. It's worth it. I mean, it's like, I mean, I paid $15 for Avengers Endgame as a ticket, and that's three and a half hours long. So, I mean, buying a game for twice the amount of time of that, I don't think it's weird at all. You know, if movies can be stupid, it's stupidly expensive. uh, Then games shouldn't get so much shit for not being as long. And I'd I'd rather play a thing that's shorter and short and great than something that's long and stupid. That's what, that's what, that's what I feel about that. But yeah, no, definitely check out that game. Twenty nine ninety nine. It's on. It's on the Switch now, and it looks gorgeous. It looks. Uh, it looks really, really cool. If you uh, if you use the new update segue, you can uh, you can do the zoom and, and look and see how jaggy things are way in the distance. But if you don't do that, it looks pretty good. But yeah. But yeah, we got. I, of course. Uh, so I tried the zoom out. I was like, what should I try it on? I'm like, well, what would the fanboys do? I got, I, I had booed a bayonetta. Oh no! Oh. <laughs> I had to. I had to. You had, to, you had to get so all pervy. I Bayonetta and I went to the 3D models because you like unlock the 3D models and you can look <laughs> at them. So yeah, I wanted to see like the different 3D models and like zoom in on them and get up close. And, and it's pretty, it's cool up to a point. But once you do that zoom, you're basically just blowing the pixels up. You're not. Yeah, you'll you'll see. You basically want to see how jaggy things are in the background. That's how you can do it. It's a really weird. It's a really weird thing to be on there. And what we're talking about is the new Switch update, which just happened last night as well, which you can finally kind of sort your stuff which we'll talk about that in a second but but yeah now now there's a zoom function which you have to go into the options to turn it on and you hit it feels like the old wii you hit home like when you're using yeah. the internet mode on the on the wii remote oh, right. like, yeah. you'd have to like type in youtube.com and you'd go to it show the youtube page but you still have to like zoom in and out of the screen and like oh, find yeah the yeah videos and yeah stuff. i forgot about that's that. that's what it feels yeah. like exactly yeah. like that yeah yeah i forgot i totally forgot about that yeah because when we used to watch uh you know, we watch, get drunk and watch music videos, which Jeremy and that I was did before that apps. as well. But so you yeah. just had to watch YouTube on the Opera browser that was on the Wii. Yeah, but it works so well with YouTube videos, like on the TV. It I did. thought it was awesome. I watched so much YouTube on the Wii. Oh, so yep. did I. I yeah. mean, yeah, we yeah. had it in my house, and like it was me and like all my roommates, and every night. Well, that would be YouTube videos every night. I mean, we we did a we did a replay of that in in, in Milwaukee on Saturday night, but we did that. What used to be what I always did with my roommate Nick, like we would just. We would just drink and and play bowling for a while until we got too drunk to bowl, and then we would just watch dumb music videos on the on the Opera browser, browser you know through YouTube, and that would be what we would do. We would just pass the controller and just play different videos of old like eighties music and stuff like that until we you know until we were too drunk to until we go to bed you know. So yeah, <laughs> that was what that was. But what I what I thought would be a fun thing for us to do on this show. Is to read, uh, to look at our sorting stuff and read what our most played games are. Do you, uh, oh. if you guys have your switches handy, we could, uh, cause now, now, now through the sorting ability, if you, um, 
you you basically you can't like you know you can't put your stuff into folders, which is what I really really want to do. But you can basically have the game automatically sort your stuff by um, how often you've played the game, uh, you know which one you played last, which is what it already does, or you can have it alphabetize it by developer or alphabetize it by game title. Is basically what it is. It, it really sucks that you can't that it won't like put them into genres because that's really what I want it to do. It's like can't you just like put everything in genres? But but if you want to put all of your um if you want to put all of your SNK games in there, just put it alphabetical and they'll be all at the top because they all start with ACA. <laughs> so that's basically what that does. But I thought it'd be fun for us to just look at the games that we played the most and just I don't know. I, I have a good guess as to what you guys are just because just because you played. Zelda on your Switch. Me, I, I played Zelda on the Wii U, so I don't have like the hundreds of hours in there on that. But yeah, I just thought I just thought we could compare like our top ten, top twelve, or whatever, and look at like what maybe the the ones at the bottom are. So sure. yeah. So what do you do? One of you, do you guys want to guess? Take a guess. I mean, I, my guess on you guys is, I think that Jeremy's is either going to be Zelda or Octopath at the top, and I guess John's is. Zelda at the top, probably, or no, no, it could be, it could be the other one. It could be Rocket League. No, I know what his is. It's definitely Rocket League because Rocket League is probably like four hundred hours, right? Also, Trey, you yours, yours is East because you play East all the time. It's close. It's not my number one. It's my number two. Ease is my number two. What do you think my number one is? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh... What what game, What is a game that I always come back to? For a reason, will you come back to it too? We play. Oh, it Splatoon. Together. Splatoon Two is my number one most played game. Oh, really? On the Switch, yes. How okay. many hours? Uh, let's. Uh, it doesn't show. It, ju- it just it just yeah. ranks it. But it's got to be. I don't know. It's got to be close to a hundred, maybe. It's no like it's no fuchsia level of uh, of Splatoon. I know she has like thousands and thousands of hours. I do wish it did just flat out show the play time for each thing, but it doesn't. Yeah. Right. You have to actually go into the to your profile to see that. Another right. another interesting thing about it is that it will basically rank. It will add up your time from all of the. It'll add up your time from all of the users on your Switch. So like, oh, it's because because my number five most played game is Yoshi's Crafted World because it added wow, the time ready. that I played it and the time that Jess played it, and Jess played it a lot. You know, and I and I probably put like a good like ten hours into it as well, but uh, yeah, let me read my top five to you. My top five is Splatoon two, Ease eight, Octopath Traveler, Mario Odyssey, and Yoshi's Crafted World. And uh, nice. Octop- Octopath Traveler, that's why I know that it's combining both of ours because just played Octopath Traveler a lot longer than I did. I think she put like a good like sixty hours into it, and I only put like thirty. So, I guess that would make it like ninety, which. Now, maybe it couldn't be that high, because I didn't put 90 hours into Ease. I only played that for, like, 60. But, yeah, and then after, what is it, number six is Smash Brothers. Yeah, those in the top two. Yeah, it's like uh, Dragon Quest Builders, Doom, Mario Rabbids, Hulu, Valkyrie Chronicles 4, Mario Party. Those are my top two levels. What do you guys got? All right, so you were right about Zelda. Zelda's my number one. Yeah. I figured it was either that or Octopath would be at the top. Everything at the top is... Everything at the very top doesn't surprise me too much, but I was a little surprised as I approached 10. So I got Zelda number one and then Octopath number two. I mean, because I played all the way through that game. So mm-hmm. then Stardew, that's not surprising. Okay, number three, yeah. Splatoon 2 at number four. Oh. 
Under Stardew, yeah. And then Super Mario Odyssey, number five. Wargroove, though, at number six. That oh, surprised me. Wow. Yeah, that's high. I played. I, I went crazy on Wargroove. I guess I must have played Wargroove more than I thought I did. And then seventh place, seventh place, the NES Online app. Yeah, mine's... I guess I've played a lot of Nintendo. Mm-hmm. Smash Brothers at number eight. And then um, Golf Story, number nine. Nice. And then I was actually happy with my number 10. I was afraid number 10 was going to be Minecraft or Fortnite, but it wasn't. It it beat out both Minecraft and Fortnite, which came after that. Tetris 99 was my 10th place. Yeah, mine didn't even make 10th. My number 10 is Hulu. I don't know how that happened. I don't even watch Hulu that much on here. <laughs> we're, we're coming up on, like, yeah. So 12th place, or 11th place was Minecraft, 12th was Fortnite. Thirteenth is uh, Mario Kart Deluxe, and then YouTube. Oh, so you going going to fifteen? Well, no, I'm just saying. Like, I I got to a video app pretty quick too after that. Oh, okay. What, what but, is, no, I, I was happy. Tetris ninety nine was was in the top ten. That makes me happy. Yeah, mine is. Yeah, mine's on the next on the next one after that. It's like, I think it's at number sixteen is Tetris below Fortnite, unfortunately. But I did play a lot of Fortnite. What do you? What is your? What is your top here, John? What are your top six? Uh, my top uh, number one was Rocket League. I have like was right on I that one. Three, I think I have three hundred and fifty hours in that game. Yeah, damn. Yeah. Uh, next is Zelda, and then we've got Mario. Oh, excuse me, not Mario. Uh, Super Smash Brothers. Mario is number four, and then number five is Nintendo Entertainment System. Nice. Yeah, this is a good top five. What uh, What do you got after that? Do you have a uh, all the way to ten? Yeah, yeah. Just go all the way down. Sure. I go Mario Kart Eight, then The Messenger, then YouTube, uh, then Doom, and Katamari Damacy. Oh, okay. What is, what is what is at the out of, what is on the bot on the bottom of you guys' list? <laughs> the worst, uh, the least played. Mine is Paladins. I haven't even turned that on. Because I have I have a lot of I have a lot of demos at the bottom yeah, here that I've never touched. Like but let's say uh, so I'm looking. Uh, let's say game that I bought. That is on the bottom. Is that is a game that I can barely even. Oh wait, okay. So the one farthest down on the bottom that I actually paid money for is Monkey King Master of the Clouds. <laughs> that was that. Uh, that was that arcade. Um, that that arcade game that got re-released or whatever. It, it, that one was a cheap one. I think the. Let's see, where's my lowest full price one? I mean, my full price stuff isn't all that low because I because I still play it. So yeah, I think I think the lowest. Yeah. Yeah, they're not they're not that they're not that far down. You probably wouldn't be surprised what my lowest full time full price one was. The one I paid sixty bucks for that I hardly ever played. Tennis? Nope. Oh, Xenoblade? Nope. Starts the D. Uh oh. ends with a five. Oh, Disgaea five. <laughs> hey, you got it. I told you played it so little that I forgot that you even bought it. <laughs> I completely That's forget number... completely forgot about Disgaea five. Oh god, I don't even want to do the math here. Because I was gonna say my uh because my Xenoblade Chronicles two, even though I didn't, you know, ended up not liking it, you know, as much as I thought, it's still my like number fourteenth most played game. <laughs> it's it's still in like the top half of my stuff. So, you know, I definitely gave it a good shake before I stopped playing it. So, so there you go. It's above it's above Fortnite and below mess- the Messenger. So, gives you an idea of what I've what I played in there. I, I thought those games that I paid for, my least played game is Skyskipper. Yeah, I figured that one's hard as fuck. 
I thought it, I thought it'd be fun. I mean, if you guys were up to it, to try to like like as like a little uh, homework assignment for next mm-hmm. week, could try to just try to play one of those games that's at the bottom of your list. You know that you that you don't play. See if you can get it. Bring in your higher. least played game up into the top five. Well, that's that Ugh. that's a lot of Not playing. Dangerous. I don't know if I don't think I can do that. That'd be hours. But <laughs> but maybe like you know maybe give a try. Uh, give one of those ones down at the bottom of your list another try and see what you think of it. You know, unless you don't feel like downloading. It loading it again which unless I don't. unless you need to like download it or whatever i don't know that's just a that's just a thing i might i might try playing some of these ones that are at the bottom here just to you know just to don't forget about uh like at the very bottom here is a into the breach that's a game that i bought on sale and never really played gain ground sega ages that was one i just got excited about but realized i didn't like it that much when i got it but you yeah, know i mean <laughs> what's your worst game that you have well, I, I, I can. You mean the one that I think is the worst that I bought? Yeah. Oh, I know mm-hmm. that one. It's a. Uh, where the fuck is it? It's uh, that fucking shitty uh, cell phone game, which I don't even want to remember the name of it because I hate it so much. Uh, here, uh, if I if I put it at a uh, last time played, you'll find it at the bottom here. Yeah, I dislike it so much that I don't even want to remember it. Yeah, there it is, Oceanhorn. That is my most disliked game on Switch that I actually paid money for. That game sucks. Don't don't get it. I know some people think it's good. I don't understand why you think it's good. But it, yeah, it's at the bottom of my, the you know, most played stuff. But yeah, it's a fun fun little thing you can do in there. It's not as good as having folders. And I really want to just put it by genre in there. But whatever. Uh, is there anything you guys else you guys want to talk about before we get to our interviews for this for the MGC? I did want to mention, because I realized I made a reference to it, that I, uh, I fired up the old Xbox 360 and was playing some Guitar Hero 2 earlier today. Oh yeah, you did. Yeah. It was fun, but my but I definitely have a cramp in my hand from just from playing it for like maybe forty five minutes. I played. Uh, so there's a code you can put in to unlock everything because I hadn't unlocked everything yet oh, in sure. this version that I own. And uh, I played "Laid to Rest," the Lamb of God song, and I beat it my first try on expert. So I was so proud. Oh wow! I was I was gonna say, how good are you at it now? Because last time Jess and I tried I'm to still play, pretty good. Last time Jess and I tried to play, we sucked. But it was also like, I never really played Guitar Hero in HD. On an HDTV, so that I I blame that for it. Yeah, you- see, I'm playing it on my 360 with the wireless 360 controller. Yeah. At first, it wasn't working good. Then I calibrated the lag, and it still wasn't working good. And then I realized that I think at some point in time, something got spilled on the controller, or something happened where the the uh, actual strum bar was being sticky. But I just played on. I played a few songs on medium and hard mode, and just strummed really, really hard. And whatever was going on, like it fixed it, and now it works great. Cool. Yeah, yeah. I haven't uh, haven't played Guitar Hero in a while. They had it on the show floor at, at MGC, but we we were walk we were going around so much doing interviews that didn't, we didn't really have that much time to be fans. Which true is kind of kind of sucks, but kind of great at the same time because we got a lot of really good interviews. One of those interviews in particular is uh, well, you know what? Why don't you listen to it right now? Maniacs, would you like to get some bonus content from your friends at Nintendo Main Podcast? 
Well, if you go to patreon.com slash Podcast, you can do that very thing. For $5 a month, you can hear some extra bonus stuff, which we are going to call Nintendo Main Expansion Pack. Here's a taste right here. First of all, let's give your listeners a little something, you know, you know what they want right here, right? Sure, sure. Yeah, lay it on me. From downtown Milwaukee at the Midwest Gaming Classic, Tim Kitzer from NBA Jam saying boom shakalaka. All right, now I've, you know, authenticated the, uh, <laughs> sure, the voice. Yeah. So. That was awesome. Also, NFL Blitz, NHL Hits, MLB Slugfest. Uh, Wayne Gretzky, 3D Hockey, a nice. bunch of other games, about 15 pinball titles. IGDA Chicago, Tom and Ross. What's up, guys? Doing well. How are you, sir? Hello. Uh, we've had Ross on the show once before. He discussed some video game law with us, but uh, what are we doing here? At, uh, yeah, let's game talk about what you guys have going on here. Like, what well, is Today, we're representing the International Game Developers Association, specifically the Chicago chapter. We're here meeting with the fine people of Milwaukee and telling them all about the Chicago game development community, what kind of games we make there, what kind of opportunities exist there for jobs, as well as uh, just general friendship networking and community yeah absolutely so you know a key part of uh, what we do at igda is helping make sure developers of all sizes whether any devs through AAA devs can have a better experience as a developer whether that's through education opportunities networking opportunities uh you know discounts on events uh special uh events that we put together in chicago as well so a lot of different cool things to talk about today cool um do you guys so you have specific games that you're showing right or uh like what do you like what do you have when, we do. do so today to we're at? showing a collection of games made by local Chicago developers. Uh, some of them are from game jams that we've organized with some other amazing nonprofits in Chicago, uh, specifically an event that we run with the Voxels and Sugar Gamers groups called Spooky Game Jam. And then also we're showing some global game jam games from DePaul University. Oh, okay. Can, can you get into what the games are called or what, what they're about? Or is that a- sure. So uh, we have a couple that we're kind of rotating back and forth because we want uh, people to get a chance to play a couple different games. Um, one of them is called Drink Up Witches, and it's a game that was uh, put together part of their 2006 uh, Spooky Game 2016. Jam. 2016. 2016, excuse me. 2016 Spooky Game Jam, so that was great. And uh, I think we're doing like one or two others, is that right? So... One that I know I'm proud of, I'm biased to say that Tom and I both worked on this, is a horror game called Weirder Stuff that might bear some similarities to uh, some other franchises people like, but it's a fun top-down arcade shooter uh, exploring the darkness of the mind and kind of a horror-themed arcade shooter. Yeah. Okay. Are, are all of these going to be available on Steam, or, how do you, or, how, or is this still like developed cycle? So all of these are available on itch.io, uh, okay. so you can go to itch.io and search Spooky Game Jam or Global Game Jam and find... Dozens, if not thousands, of games from both of those. Uh, many of them made in right in Chicago and right here in Milwaukee too. Oh, okay, cool. Is uh, what's like the most interesting thing that's happened to you yet at this uh, convention? At this convention so far, well, you know, we've 
we're always really lucky every year that we get to connect with a lot of people that we don't often get to see. Everyone at MGC, especially a lot of the classic games people that we know are all here at the same time. So we've had a great chance to talk to some awesome people today. So it's been really great. Absolutely. Uh, there's an amazing thriving community here in Milwaukee, and it's always fun to reconnect with people that we don't always get a chance to see in Chicago. We were touching base with some arcade legends like Brian Colin and Jeff Lee, or are you know they've got so many so many different games uh, to their resume, but including games like Rampage and Cubert, and so many actors from the Mortal Kombat franchise in Chicago are here as well. Uh, you know, strutting their stuff and interacting yeah. with fans. Uh, so much going on here at MGC. Yeah, so and that's really what we look forward to every year is is it's MGC is a great meeting place for people that are into you know new games, classic games, uh, arcades, uh, you know pinball. There's so many. It's kind of this fantastic intersection of all of those things, and uh, you know other events in you know, the Midwest don't always get that that mix right, and so that's why it's fun to come to MGC for sure. So I think it's probably the best thing that we've had so far happen. Have, have a lot of the people come through? Have they have they played the games before? Do you guys available or no? Most people have not. So uh, you know, uh, these are often, you know, these are our uh, you know game jam events. They're relatively a bit smaller. We usually have between fifteen and forty people show up to these. So these are more for the experience of doing the jam, but also you know provides awesome opportunities for people to put stuff uh, either as a part of their resume or be able to show off their work or and you know for IGDA Chicago as well as the other partnered organizations that we are with for whatever jam we're a part of to be able to uh you know show some some great stuff that they've made too so it's cool for sure do you have any questions is there anything more you want to say about the not really how are you how are you guys liking <laughs> what is new in yeah, the world of nintendo we, we want to hear nintendo. about nintendo well i mean we have a we built the labo vr last night we actually have it in our hotel Hell room yeah. so we might we're planning it. We're thinking about maybe bringing it around and let people try it and interviewing them for that. Too. I've I've heard reviews saying that it's actually not awful. What did you think? It's cool. That's it's, a great it's, way it's to describe it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not okay. Awful. So like, what are we talking like Google Cardboard levels? Are we talking like? Well, my, I think so. My level with VR is zero. Okay. I've, I've really played aside from Virtual Boy. I really haven't played that much VR. So, so for me, I think it's great. I think yeah. it looks cool. But I'm sure it's not. Doesn't look as good as this. I mean, it's. There's like a weird motion blur to it when you turn everything looks kind of fuzzy and then it sort of gets you know gets better but you can also kind of see the pixels so it's yeah. almost like it's it's all Jeremy was describing it like a VR in the 90s pretty yeah. much. It, so it's it, like it, it looks, looks like a CRT yeah. almost because of that lower because you got like the switch screen to 720 already and you have that in order to overlap the images so sure. you're looking at 360p and that's not a whole lot less than a, an old television so that's sort of what you're looking at. That'd be some interesting opportunities to kind of recreate some old game experiences there. That's kind of cool. Yeah, the, the I mean the blaster that comes with the basic set basically you can you can easily do light gun games with it. It's what it's what I'm hoping that it'll pick that it'll pick up and people actually do like because yeah. I would love to see like House of the Dead like any of those games with it. And now you have a light gun and you don't need a TV and you and just put not, it on your face and aim it. Yeah, there's not even a reticule for aiming, but the aiming is incredibly precise even when you're like shooting things in it. So I think just the intuitive aim is like something that I want to see used more. Oh yeah, the aim is incredible. Like there's nothing; it never felt off. Like nothing felt oh. off at all. Like it exactly like, and you can you're like a tank that's moving. And you can look down and look at your treads like on the ground and something, yeah. and it shows the bottom of the tank. So we actually like sat down in the swiveling office chair that's in our hotel room and found that was the best way to play yeah. it. the shooting game because you can just like rotate a 360. <laughs> that's fantastic. And I mean, if you miss something, you can turn all the way around and shoot it behind yeah. you. There's so. rarely stuff directly behind you though because they want you to be sitting and playing it. Sure. So it's like basically anything from you know this area. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's all there. 
it's pretty dope though yeah <laughs> we've been having a lot of fun with it that's cool. I'll have to check it out. I haven't had a chance to play with it yet. Yeah, but yeah. It like, like I said, I, I should bring it down here. Let's, let's and when you're making some out of cardboard and you paid 40 bucks for it, your expectations aren't super high. So I think Nintendo found the sweet spot as far as that's well, concerned. Well, it's like, it's like 40 bucks for the basic set. So that's yeah. really cheap for a VR thing. So do you think it's been uh, – is it kind of weird to hold the controls up to your face as well? Like, does that seem uh, – like, does it, like I imagine it would get a little tiring. Because other ones, especially like cardboard, you kind of sit on your head. Sure, right? yeah. Like, yeah. No, well, the, I mean, the, you're, you're holding a gun. So it's like okay. you're basically holding a gun and holding it on your face. So oh, like for the blaster, okay. it feels a little bit more natural like I've, that. Yeah, I've not yeah, seen yeah. that put together yet. So yeah, I've, yeah. the only ones I've seen are the ones where it's like it just stuck onto the actual uh, switch, and then you hold it up, and the controls are in the left or right of your face. Yeah, we played around with that first. So. That's I mean, it's, yeah. it's okay, but the blaster's the way to go, I think. Yeah, it's, that's, that's sweet. That's the way to do it, yeah. Cool. I think it feels safer being able to take it off your face really fast, too, because yeah. VR can be a little... I've, pl- I've played VR a couple of times, and I get a little, like... While I'm playing, I'll be like, "Okay, am I about to like run into a wall right now, or whatever?" Like, if you if you get that little bit of a fear, you can just pull it away from your face really quick. Oh yeah, yeah. And then get right back into the game again if you need to. Yeah, if you like, get, if you're like playing at home and you get freaked out or something, you're like, "What's that noise?" You can just pull it off, back on, you know. Or like if you run into a wall, which I was playing like on the bed, and there's, you know, and I was hitting like the lamp and stuff. You can take it off and look at what you're look at what you're running into. You know, that that's fourth thing. wall immersive, man. Yeah. But I was playing. I was playing a game, and Trey was sitting, you know, on the other bed across from me, and it was a game where I had a long like bat, and I was hitting a ball, and I had the bat to my side, and I kept like feeling like I was going to hit Trey in the head because like I knew he was over there. I kept being like, "Am I anywhere near your face?" He's like, "No, you're like four feet away from me right now." But yeah, because because the, the, the bat six way out, I'm like, really "Am I, big, am I gonna hit him?" That's <laughs> great. What is what, what is your favorite game that you guys have showing right now that, that you're that you have the most fun uh, showing? I think I think I think my favorite so far has been checking out, and I think Ross, you, we were both checking this out together. We went to go see uh, Galloping Ghosts uh, setup that they have over there, and they were showing off their new uh, this is a Predator pinball game, right? Yeah, they've got a an old prototype from a Predator game that was never put into production. Oh wow! But it's super. I think it's the only one of its kind, and it's here at Midwest Gaming Classic. They've got it up and running. We it's up and running. Yeah, cool. Min- oh, minute wow. to minute, but it's it's yeah. there. It's uh-huh. pretty cool. It's also yeah. very recognizable by the uh, bloody skulls and spines that are hanging from it. Cool. Oh, nice. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's really unique. And then Raw Thrills is showing off their new arcade cabinet. That's an arcade version of Halo. Oh, okay. Fire yeah. Team Raven. Yeah, so it's like you're actually in the Warthog, you know, shooting yeah. at a giant screen. It's a really cool, like, immersive kind of cool. experience. Nice. But that's kind of special here, too. Oh, for sure. Uh, what, do you, what do you guys, like, for IGDA, like, what are you doing next? Like, what's your next thing after this? Our next thing is we're going to be having a really awesome educational opportunity uh, for kids who want to get involved in decoding and learn how to make their own video games. Our One of our board members, Sam Bond, is going to be teaching a course on how to make your own 3D platformer in Unity at the Microsoft Store in Schaumburg coming up, I think, April 27th. Cool. Oh, wow. Um, but, yeah, so if anyone's interested in attending that event or finding out anything else new that we're doing, you can check out our website at IGDAChicago.com or follow us on Twitter and Discord at IGDAChicago. Nice. I'll, I'll put it in the description for this so people can find cool. that. All right. Cool, thanks guys. Thanks, yeah, thanks a lot. Let you get back to your booth over you. there. But nice to see you. Yeah, nice to meet you. Yeah, man. You as well.
Jeremy and I are here with uh, Doc Mack of uh, Galvin Ghost here at MGC. Uh, what's up, man? How you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks for chatting with me. Yeah, hey, oh, thanks yeah, for yeah. talking with us, too. Hey, man, it's a, it's a pleasure to see you and get to talk to you. We're both uh, huge fans of Galloping Ghost. Uh, it's like my favorite place on earth, to be honest. Thank you for that. <laughs> yeah, if those of you at home don't know what it is, it's a big uh, arc- arcade in Chicago that has, like, what, over 500 now at least? Uh, like, 709. 709. 710 on Monday. Nice. nice. Yeah, so it's a big collection of games. Uh, you pay, like, a price for the whole day, right, and you get to hang out there. Like 20 bucks to get in, and then everything's on free play. So uh, we're open until 2, 2 in the morning every day. So Nice. You get to play as much as you want. Yeah, yeah, it's very, very, very cool. And then you just open a second location for pinball exclusively? Yeah, two, di- two blocks down to the east of the arcade, we have Galloping Ghost Pinball that has uh, 31 pinball machines, and we're already expanding that in the next two weeks. So. Oh, wow, wow. Awesome. Yeah, I thought, um, I thought maybe they were connected, but I guess not. They're like two separate things. It was unfortunate. The arcade is already so packed, and um, we've got, we just did our last arcade expansion in November, and that's already full again, so that's expanding as well, so... It's uh, just not enough room for everything, but unfortunately we couldn't have it connected to the actual arcade. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, two places are great, though. It's, it's, it's a, a, a five, less than a five-minute walk. So. Sure, sure. Do you, if you buy uh, tickets to one thing, do you get to go to both? Do you get to go back well, and forth? Uh, we've got a, it's 20 bucks for the arcade and $15 for the pinball or $30 for both. Oh, okay. So. Yeah, that's not bad at all. Uh, I was wondering when I saw that you were opening the spot with the uh, pinball machines, are there still pinball machines at the other Galloping Ghosts? There, there aren't any pinball machines in the actual arcade anymore. Everything okay. has been taken out. Um, at our max, we had nine pins over there, yeah. and it was just so difficult with the amount of players that are there to keep them all running. It, it's been much better having them out of the actual arcade itself okay. and with... Uh, it just the, it's a different crowd that's going after pinball. It seems so. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah the pinball crowd and the arcade crowd completely different. What is a so? What do you think is like your most rare thing that you have like in either of those? Or what is your like prized possession? Arcade uh, for for the arcade side. Oh, there's there's a lot. We've got probably uh, so yeah. many prototypes and one of ones and um, stuff like Primal Rage Two and RC Squared team, International Team Laser. Mm-hmm. The Trog prototype, we've got a, a special one-of-a-kind um, NARC okay. from 1988. George Petro had uh, told us we were doing this big event, and George Petro brought us a NARC board that he added a level that was never... It was on test for less than a day. Oh, wow. And it was, he's like, I finished this, and here you go. Yeah, that's wow. great. And the pinball side... Um, we, we've got so much rare stuff, Joust and Defender and Alien and Predator. Wow. So it's it's been Kubert's Quest. It's been it's been great oh, wow. to, and we've been so fortunate to so quickly get so many rare games on the pinball side as well. So, What are your, like, favorite ones to play out of those, like, personally? What's that? What are your favorite ones to play for yourself? Um, for It's actually kind of the, the selfish the side of both, of like, yeah. pinball and the arcade, on the video side. It's... The, the number one rule of if we're going to buy is if I'm going to want to play it. So, oh, of course, uh, yeah. fortunately, like I've, I, I, everything that we have, I love. It's mm-hmm. it's uh, the pinball side has been a little more difficult. Like I definitely know the video side much better than the the pinball side. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm still learning stuff and mostly buy games based on on theme and 
uh, if it's just a game that I'm into. So. Oh, sure, yeah, yeah. I figured you guys are just picking up everything just to have, because you have so many. It's it's definitely, especially, again, on the pinball side, we're pretty selective. On the video game side, there's there's stuff that uh, it's it's never just been getting getting any game just to get it. Sure. It's uh, there's games that we didn't know we wanted that we ended up with, sure. and it's like, oh, this is I, I oh, like this cool. game. Yeah, it yeah, can yeah. go on the floor, yeah. but there's been a lot of games that it's like yeah, I'm just not into this, and then we'll either uh, if it's in a conversion cabinet already, we'll turn it into something else, or uh, if we know somebody else that wants it, uh, we'll, we'll get it to somebody who will have a, a better appreciation for it. So. Sure. I think one of my favorites that you have is the uh, F Zero AX. Oh, love it! Yeah, Great which, game. which is Great amazing. Game. Like we're 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 a Nintendo podcast, so uh, I'm yeah. a huge F Zero fan myself, and that was a lot of fun to play. Like with it when it moves and all that, it's like so intense. It's a favorite of so many people. We we have it up front uh, in such a predominant area. It's like everybody tries that one. So it's it was funny. We were out in um, I think our friend was out in I want to say Indiana. And he's like, uh, his name Jeremy Fox from Prince Arcades. He's like, uh, is there anything out here you want? And I did a quick search, and there was an F-Zero right there. I'm oh, like, wow. oh, yeah, grab me this. I, yeah, yeah. We got to have that. Yeah, I was going to say how difficult was it to get, but I guess uh, it wasn't it, that bad. Yeah. It, it had literally been posted like 10 minutes before uh, I did the search. So it was all just a perfect timing thing, and uh, had it had it that day. So, Do you have, uh, do you have any of the other like Japanese... Uh, uh, Nintendo arcade games like do you are you thinking about getting like the the Luigi's Mansion one or do you already have that um, we don't have Luigi's Mansion I've thought about it um, you definitely don't see it for sale uh, it's too probably often. harder to get yeah for sure like yeah. a lot of the games like we import a lot of games from Japan but it's mm. so far it's been like Silent Hill and Castlevania uh, Left 4 Dead yeah, so yeah. you had a Metal Gear Solid one right well you know we had it's so funny like Metal Gear it, that machine arrived in such immaculate condition, yeah. and it unfortunately had been damaged. Somebody somebody broke the glasses, like popped the lenses out. Oh, no. We found a fix for that, and then somebody damaged the gun, oh, and I, no. found an, I found another gun in Japan, and that came out in 2011. So it's already several years old, so yeah. sourcing parts is already extremely difficult. We had it running, and uh, eventually somebody damaged the head tracking um, uh, gyroscope. Oh, okay. wow. And I've not been able to p- find a fix for it yet, so we've actually had to pull it off the floor. And That's sad. Hate pulling games off the floor yeah, because yeah. so many of these, either people have never seen them or they've, they've disappeared for 30 years. And it's just so satisfying to bring them back and see people enjoy them again. And, you know, out of... There's 709 games, and still, like, people are like, oh, where's Metal Gear? It's no, like, that's like, the well, one game. Where's yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, So yeah. we try never to take anything off the floor, but it's something like that. If it's it's not playing well and we can't fix it, it's the only real option. Yeah, I mean, that, that happens. I think the first time I went to uh, Galloping Ghost, uh, I was looking for the Spider-Man arcade game, yeah. and I think it was in a part that was closed off or whatever, so the first time I could do it. But I came back, and it was ready the second time, but... For sure. Um, do you want to talk about uh, your game that you have over here? This is yours, right? Yeah, we've Dark got Presence. Our, uh, our Dark Presence game. It's uh, f- finally, after all these years, we've been in production forever on it, and are uh, just finishing up. Uh, hopefully, 
uh, probably third quarter will be coming out uh, arcades everywhere. So nice, and it's uh, for anybody who doesn't know, it's uh, basically paying homage to the old Mortal Kombat games, right? Where you actually have like actors in there, like act like doing all the moves yeah, we and had, all that stuff. We spent four years in our filming studio filming uh, Dark Presence and its sequel, Conquering Light. So we knew that it was going to have a huge post-production time on it. We didn't know it was going to be this long, but uh, it was. We had originally had a few of the actors from Mortal Kombat come in. They were going to film for our game. Um, unfortunately, because the filming process was so much larger, they they weren't able to be in it. But they were still very supportive of it. And uh, the ones that had martial arts schools uh, let us pick from some of their students. And so there is kind of this MK lineage to it. Oh, sure. And I'm sure, like, how long did it take to, like, film all the moves and stuff? I mean, I'm sure it was... A big project, it right? Was, Just to... We filmed literally seven days a week for four years. Yeah, yeah. It was, <laughs> wow. it was yeah. Uh, a, a just brutal filming because we had so many, uh, like, the moves, we were trying to make them as accurate as possible. Like, there was, if you did a move quick uh, and to where it would line up, you'd do it 10, 12 times. We had one move, it took 183 takes. Wow. And uh, the finishing moves as well, we shot them like little movies, so every actor had to film with every other actor. Uh-huh. So it's definitely an interesting experience. Oh, wow. And do you, I mean, did you do it like with um, models too, like to do the, I don't know, for the removal of the head or however the fatality goes? No, we tried to keep, uh, we shot them very cinematically. Like we w- didn't want to do, we weren't doing, we wanted to keep it a little more realistic, you know, so we didn't go for like the, the gore of like a Mortal Kombat style okay. game. It was um, we we tried to make them. They're they're just different. Like them being shot how they were. Um, it, they weren't just like the generic piece together like Mortal Kombat one two three where there was just two animations pieced together. Okay. The actors got to like interact with each other and uh, hopefully that comes through in the finishing moves. What what is what is like an example of one if you could if you could uh, tell us. Um, there's, let's see, so, we haven't, we haven't actually shown them yet. Oh, okay. So I, I'm probably going to hold off until we do the reveal trailer on those. Oh, okay, so. yeah, I wasn't sure how far you guys have gotten. And this is going to be in arcades soon, right? You're going to yeah, release it? by the it end late. of the year, we should uh, be selling them. We've got, um, already a ton of, pl- we've got a U.S. tour plan with about 40 arcades on it. Uh, we've got places in Japan and Australia as well, so we'll be doing a, a worldwide tour oh, cool. uh, as soon as it's done. So. Nice. I, and I figured, are you going to try to hit like the barcades in Chicago and that that type of thing? Because yeah, I figured people would eat it up there. It, it's we'd any place that has arcades, we'd love to see one in it. Yeah. So. Oh yeah, yeah, me for sure. Are, are you planning on like releasing it on consoles, like after you do an arcade run or anything like that? Possibly. Um, we've had to. Uh, it's been quite an effort, and originally like. A while back, we had been talking with Microsoft. Um, Content-wise, it's an extremely large game in comparison to like a lot of the other games. It's it's especially with the finishing moves. There's just so much content. So uh, as long as we can get it to fit on on the system and make it run under the those hardware specs oh, okay. like we hope to. So Yeah. I figured that you'd probably want to do like a run of arcades first, right? Like Absolutely. before you, just to make sure you get before you think about bringing it to home console. Well, the console stuff because we want arcades to come back, like that's one of the big oh, yeah, things yeah, yeah, yeah. is yeah. like you got to give some arcade exclusive time. So 
we would want to at least have at least a year in the arcade by itself before we did anything on console. Cool. Nice. Uh, do you, I, I know you, you got a minute, but uh, do you mind talking about the Predator that you have Absolutely. over here? Absolutely. Yeah, machine? we have our uh, Predator pinball machine here, which is uh, there's it's the only one that's really known where it's at. Uh, so it's, it's pretty much a one on one. There's supposed to be a few other play fields out there. Not sure if those got turned into full machines or not, uh, but ultra rare and uh we're we're so happy to have it here at the midwest gaming classic to uh let everybody play it because most people would never get to see it so so yeah this is like the prototype right like it was never released and it was never released it was um the company that was making it actually ended up not having the license for it so they were far in development on it and unfortunately uh the people were doing pre-orders on it and then everything just kind of fell apart and the guy working on it kind of. What like, year was this? Like, was it that originally was like developed? 2006, uh, okay. 14, I believe. 2014, okay. somewhere wow. around there. So. And you just uh, same thing. What did you? How did you come into contact with it? With the arcade? It was uh, a guy by the name of Troy Smith who we we bought so many games from him. Uh, he called us up, and we had been buying a ton of rare stuff from him. And I, I told him right before, I'm like, yeah, I gotta. I gotta slow down a little bit. I'm buying so many pins. Sure. And he called me up and he's like, "Well, here's one you're not you, you you're not gonna be able to skip this one." And I'm like, it, "It better be something outrageous." If <laughs> and it was. He's like, and "Oh yeah, was, no, you so. gotta see this." Yeah, yeah. He no. was he was very adamant about it. Uh, he wanted uh, in selling it to us. He was like, "You know, the one thing I gotta ask is that you take it to some shows so even more people get to enjoy it." And I was all on board with that. Oh, yeah, so yeah. it's really cool that. He could have probably sold it to a, a private collector for more money, yeah. but he wanted some. Play, he wanted it out where people were going to play it, oh, and yeah. Yeah. having it come to shows where even more people can enjoy it. So that's that's such and it's an a good amazing home, thing. You'll take care of it. Oh, definitely. Yeah, definitely. you're a fan. I mean, yeah, that's the best way to do it, is like get it out there where people can actually experience it. Absolutely. Have you considered? Uh, I'm sure you've been asked this before, but since you've gone into arcades, have you considered a pinball machine? Having someone design you a pinball machine? We have actually. It's been funny. We've been uh, me and a couple of my guys. We've been walking around, and everybody's always throwing out ideas. Like we're so fortunate to work with such a creative group of people, and uh, the more time we spend with with our new pinball place, it's like our guys are really getting into it. So mm-hmm. I, don't be surprised if you see a Galpin Ghost Productions pinball machine after too long. Awesome. That'd be yeah. so cool if it had like a lot of little tiny arcades inside of it that you're hitting. Or something. <laughs> Yeah, no, it would be beautiful to play. Uh, thanks for talking to us, man. Yeah. Like, it's a pleasure to it's see awesome you, and I love, love having you in interview on the show. Absolutely. Thank yeah. you so much. Thank it's, uh, you. Doc Mack thanks from for my doing what you do. Absolutely. Thank you. Rich, Rich Ambler. Hi, Rich. How are you guys doing? And uh, you, you were saying that you were a uh, contestant on the Nintendo World Championship of uh, what year was it? 1990, the original Nintendo World Championships. Okay. And That's you were a finalist. 
Yes, I was a finalist. Um, I comp uh, competed in seven of the 30 cities tour over the entire year of 1990. Wow. Um, I, I competed in that competition pretty much from start to beginning. This competition was my life for that entire year. That's everything that I've done. I was geared for competition. It was the first mass spectator video gaming tournament ever conceived. It was really a, a really great thing to be a part of. Oh heck yeah! What did what did you have to do to qualify? Like, what is was there, like, um, was there somewhere we had to like get a certain score? Like, it or how how do you get brought into this? Like, what? How do you? I mean, you don't just walk up and say like, "Hey, I want to be in the world championship." Like, what? How did how did you get into it? <laughs> no, it was actually much simpler than that. Um, we uh, had seen a commercial on television, and it was on network news, and uh, we were like, oh, wow, they're going to have a championship. We knew we were pretty good, you know, but we wanted to go out and see just how well, because they were looking for the best of the best in Nintendo. I uh, um, was fortunate enough to uh, go to my first city, and that was uh, since uh, Cleveland, Cleveland, Ohio, which happened to be the second location where they held out of the 30 cities. Um, the, the first one being uh, at Dallas, Texas at uh, Fair Parks uh, Convention Center. Um, but to answer your question, uh, I went to uh, Tampa Bay, which happened to be the last city. So I had a whole bunch of cities in between. And um, a lot of time to practice and stay relevant in the competition yeah. and uh, do uh, a lot of great things with um, learning uh, strategies and tips and helping develop them and uh, being a part of uh, the Nintendo World Championships Triathlon Game Pack 1990s uh, legacy. It's the people that make the Holy Grails, you know, and it's, it's a, uh, it was a real privilege and uh, probably one of the best years of my life to be a part of. And I won that championship in Tampa Bay. All he had to do was uh, go in, get some tickets, and it cost uh, anywhere between 5 and $7 to for a play, and you played six minutes and 21 seconds. There were timed cartridges, just like you've seen there. Um, and what you had to do, the objective was uh, you had to play three games within six minutes and 21 seconds. You had to collect 50 coins as fast as possible in Super Mario Brothers, and you had to traverse the course in Rad Racer um, as fast as possible without losing time. And if you could make it to Tetris with some time, you could really score up some big points because the point multiplier was times 25, whereas Rad Racer was times 10 and Super oh, okay. Mario Brothers was only times 1. Yeah. So by the t end of the competition, the best of the best were really skilled Tetris players, and that's where they scored the biggest points. The days of mm. turtle hopping in Super Mario Brothers wasn't going to cut it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it, I guess, but if you're only good at Tetris and you weren't, you got to get through those ones to get to... Tetris, right? Because you only have so much time to go from one game to another. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's interesting. Like, yeah, no, that's so cool. Like, yeah, so you had to, you basically had to, like, you said, get 50 coins in Mario. Yep. And then it, it would go on to the next one. Yep, go to Red Racer. Uh, Red Racer is one of those games where um, you really can't, uh, we figured out how to actually gain about 9 or 10 seconds in it. Um, but at the end of it, uh, really, it's uh, man time management and not losing time. Mm hmm. So, uh, so you collect about nine or ten seconds uh, once you uh, perform like a power crash at the underrad racer. They give you, you know, that much more time than you would if you just traverse the course and not crash at the goal line. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, that was the, the cartridge was really well conceived and it gave game players a lot of room to breathe mm -hmm. as far as you know, learning strategies, developing strategies, um, executing, and uh, coming up with new concepts to be more competitive for the for the world championship. Mm -hmm. 
did it, was this like did this get any inspiration from the wizard like the movie the wizard like you know I know it's kind of around the same time right because that was 89 yes. and yeah, yeah so it's, it's heavily equated with uh, the wizard I remember seeing that movie and uh, you know Jimmy Woods I mean he was a pretty pretty sick guy man he he could really you know found all those whistles right off the bat and <laughs> yeah. no one ever played it before and I'm like Damn! Yeah. I'm glad I didn't have to go with him. Instead, I had to go against Thor Ackerlund, the Nintendo World Champion yeah. uh, of the world in 1990. Did you ever feel like? I mean, did you had you seen that movie before you got to actually do it, or do you see it after The Wizard? You know, my memory serves me right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I personally wasn't a Fred Savage fan, but <laughs> and, you, and as a gamer, you watch those movies and you go, "What the hell are they talking about?" Yeah, you know, it's. it's Mushrooms get the mushroom get big, you know. It's like they scored mass ports, uh, points, you know, uh, getting uh, make, getting a match, you know, of mushrooms or something. You know, you, you watch that stuff and you're like, you're a gamer, especially when you're a kid, and you go, that ain't right, that ain't right. What are no, they talking about? That's, it's nonsense. That's what I figured. It's like because what you're telling me and like what they did in the movie is a completely different thing. You know, I feel I could see you just being like, no, no, that's not. What, what are they doing there? That doesn't make any sense. But yeah, no. This. Uh, so how did you come into contact with this cartridge? Like. This the one that you have here on display at the show. Well, um, this isn't my display. This is Nintendo Age's display. Oh, um, well, yeah. Yeah, they they covet the Holy Grail okay. of Nintendo. Yeah. And that's the Nintendo World Championships cartridge. Uh, this one's a repro, and it's made by Retro USB. They've been in business, I think, as long as 2001 or okay. 2007. Okay. Don't quote me on that one. I don't I don't remember for absolute well. Um, but uh, being in a, one of the original 90 contestants, um, I received a Nintendo World Championships cartridge from Nintendo because they gave them out to the, the winners to the finalists of, of the thing. And, oh, nice, yeah. You know, um, so, and having a, a gold cartridge as well that they gave out one of, like, uh, 26 or 27 from, from Nintendo Power, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, because I'm the runner-up of the world, just under Thor Ackerland, mm. that gives, you know, that's a really nice thing for me to own. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sure you wouldn't bring it to somewhere like this. You'd probably, like, have it in a glass case I, at home or yeah, whatever. Yeah, I get right? a lot of requests for bringing a lot of things, like uh, Thor Ackerland's trophy uh, went for, uh, apparently, for a lot of money, on, um, hundreds of grand or something. Um, and, uh, you know, I get requests for them to, to, to bring the trophy down, and I go, like, I'd like to, but it's really fragile. Yeah. Mine actually broke on the way home from oh no from Hollywood because they neglected to tell us that it was made out of plaster and spray painted to look like metal, and it was <laughs> oh, so no. heavy. Yeah, they didn't tell us about it, so we had a, a real situation with yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, so that how sucks. old were you when all this went down? When I uh, started the Nintendo World Championships, I think uh, I had just turned 16. Okay. Yep, if I remember correctly, uh, it was March when... Uh, the Cleveland Center uh, had their their very first tournament. I had gone to Cincinnati after that. I hit Milwaukee. In fact, if I remember correctly, it was right here in this building that they had the uh, Nintendo oh, the uh, World Championship yeah. here at the City Center. Nice. Yeah, it's been so long since I've been here. Um, I had three friends, and they became city champions as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, under under my guidance, uh, Jason Haig and um, Jacob Winch. Uh, Jacob Winch. Uh, he won uh, Chicago in the 11 and under, and Jason Haig won Kansas City um, in the 12 to 17 age group. Now, the 12 to 17 age group is considered to be uh, the most competitive of all the age groups because it's uh, had um, a, a really high scoring, heavy hitting people with it. Oh, I mean, those so, are the people that had been with the NES the longest at that point. Oh, yeah. That were in the tournament at least. Yeah. 
So it was a real exciting privilege to, to be able to go to Hollywood and compete for the Nintendo World Championship title. I pulled for uh, I pulled for Ackerland towards the end. It looked like I was gonna I could have pulled it out. People just started lifting off their seats because it was so close. And then, bam! He pulled a Tetris out of his hat <laughs> and uh, hat, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I, I had to pull off a double. And uh, you know, he won the Nintendo World Champion. I became uh, the Nintendo World Champion first runner-up of the world. And uh, went from there. I've, I've had a pretty good career, you know, uh, um, becoming, a, you know, doing consulting work, uh, getting paid here and there. But mm-hmm. mostly, I endorse products. My my current endorsement, if you don't mind me plugging, go for it. Please. Is uh, Stone Age Gamer. Okay. Um, I love their retro bit boxes. Mm. Um, they're nice molded cases. You can get really beautiful four-color prints for them. And I put all my cherished Nintendo collectibles in there, including my NWCs. Oh, yeah, yeah. Cool. Nice. Yeah. That's super cool. Did, uh, did Nintendo, like, contact you when they did, like, the new Nintendo World Champion? Did, uh... Were you able to get a part of that? Like when they unveiled like a Super Mario Maker and stuff like that? It was like a couple Those are years great. ago when they brought them back. When I was a kid, I wanted nothing more than to have an actual 8-bit cart of Super Mario Brothers where you could build your own levels. Because yeah, they yeah. had it for things like, you know, Wrecking Crew. And they oh, had, yeah, next Sight Bike. And Mode Runner is yeah. another one. Yeah. Sight Bike is, yeah, yeah, that's yet another one. Mm-hmm. And um, I always wanted that. So when they finally gave Mario Maker, that was incredible. But to answer your question, no. Nintendo <laughs> did not contact <laughs> oh, me. Oh, they should have. Yeah, I wish they would have, you know. But uh, I retired uh, from professional and competitive gaming around 2009, 10. Sure. Well, I, mean, I figured you could be, yeah. you know, just show up and judge or, or commentate yeah. or something. I don't know. Well, Robin Mahara uh, emailed me from Nintendo Age. Robin Mahara was the third place Nintendo World Champion, and he's one of the co founders of the Classic Tetris World Championships. Mm. And uh, he emailed me, and he goes, You know, uh, he says, um, You're the real Rich Ambler? I'm like, yeah. And he's like, Oh, wow, man. And he's like, uh, like so, uh, have you seen my video that Ecstasy Order Ecstasy of Tetris Masters? He's like, I tried to get a hold of you for that, but we couldn't find you. Mm. And I was like, ah, you know, and I was it was disappointing. I, I would have really loved to have been a part of that. I think uh, it would have benefited me quite well as, as a gamer. And uh, uh, maybe sometime in the future, I'm looking towards going to Portland, Oregon. This. This oh, year yeah, yeah. is the earlier. PRG. Yeah, the PRG. totally got to go there. That's yeah. Mecca, man. That's what I've heard. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Jeremy went. I, I haven't gone yet, though. They had the Tetris World Championship that year. I was there, and uh, I watched a little bit of it, but it was like on the other side of the show floor where I was hanging out. Have you tried uh, Tetris ninety nine yet? You know, I've been asked a few times about that, uh, and I have not had a chance to do that yet. I'm gonna have to go and take a look at it and see. I seen Tetris Effect and. Uh, uh, a couple other ones. I was just sitting here playing, and I was talking to another guy that, that was telling me all about the different Tetrises that came out. You know, mm-hmm. I'm still very much you know the Game Boy Tetris guy. And oh, sure, yeah. <laughs> so you're probably not used to like hard drops and holding pieces and all that. New, on the new stuff that they've done. Actually, yeah. no, no. Yeah. Um, sometimes online, I play uh, the uh, Tetris, um, the Tetris Online, uh, the Flash one that they have, and oh, that okay. has all the yeah, yeah. you know extra histories. Yeah, I've never heard about that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, actually, it, it's it seems to be more like a clone of the uh, original Nintendo DS one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. Uh, oh, okay, uh, the Tetris DS. Yeah, where you, yeah, that you game was really good. Yeah, yeah. I really loved that. I was to go to that. Yeah. No one knew who the hell I was behind the other <laughs> side of the screen. I just <laughs> sit there and just drill. You know, nah, 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 nah. yeah. <laughs> that's kind of the way it is in Tetris '99. <laughs> yeah. Except you're playing against 98 other people, so you can just drill everyone. Yeah, yeah. and you, you kind of spread out the damage. Uh-huh. Huh? Yeah, you, can, <laughs> you want. I mean, you can like you can select them sort of like you can say like, oh, who's almost dead, or like who's attacking me, or like who who's killed the most people. Like you can do stuff like that, you know, to 
or you can pick out you, you know you see them in little tiny boxes like behind you as you play it are you guys going to be at the after party later uh, we'll be at Potential. a after after party I'm not, I'm not sure which one but there's uh, a Hilton one over there and I know um, Howard Phillips is here and uh, of Nintendo and uh, oh wow yeah yeah he was just in here in the Nintendo age room and uh, uh, wow. discussing a lot of stuff and uh, he's going to be at the after party playing Doki Doki Panic oh wow so it'll be a really yeah. great uh, opportunity for uh, guests you know um, to uh, sit down and uh, play some Doki Doki with one of, one of Nintendo's you know greatest icons very nice yeah, wow yeah. I didn't know yeah. uh, are you still able to rock it pretty good on here on the NBA do you, do you still like stay in practice oh the- this 4-5 yeah that's 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 pretty top that, that's that's your that's your score there, right? That's a uh, four million five hundred eighteen two forty. I like how as yeah. we were walking up, I saw you disconnecting a controller. That's your personal controller you take with you. Well, I I uh, went through an organization called Retro Fixes, and I bought a whole bunch of uh, uh, Nintendo pad parts and stuff, and uh, yeah. rebuilt it. Went and got an eight dollar controller down at the local game shop, and, okay. you know, and uh, just refabbed it and cleaned it up really good. So broke it in. So it fits me, so I, I can play high level without having to worry whether or not the controller's crap or not. Yeah, I mean, I think it's very important to have something that you... So you don't, like, have to blame the controller or whatever. If, if you <laughs> not that you would. I mean, but, yeah. <laughs> That's exactly what I told the guy. You would especially have to blame yourself because you made the controller. Oh, yeah, I yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. I know. I just came back uh, from uh, the arcade just down the room here. Um, Star something arcade there, and they had versus Super Mario Brothers in there. Oh and yeah, that's, yeah, and that's one of the things that got me into uh, Nintendo uh, versus Super Mario Brothers arcade. I just dropped over a nine million. I almost rolled it. Oh know? nice, yeah. I could have rolled it, but I didn't wow. want to. I didn't want to roll it over to zero. Yeah, that, that game's harder, or it's pretty hard. Like yeah. it's somewhere it's between fun. like one and two. Top scores, NWC. <laughs> nice, nice. Well, uh, nice, nice talking to you, Rich. Hey, uh, it's great to meet yeah. both of you guys. Thank you so much for having me on yeah, your, for sure. your blog. And if I could, please give me a copy. I'd love it. Oh, so I, I give you, I give you a business card after this. But sure. yeah, thanks for talking to us. Absolutely. So yeah, those are some of our interviews that we did there. If, if you want to hear our exclusive interviews with uh, Tim Kitzrow and Daniel Piscina of uh, NBA Jam and Mortal Kombat fame, and you can also hear what Chris Kohler thought about the VR on the Patreon, if you want to hear that special. So check that out. Features editor for Kotaku.com. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> correct. Uh, you know, support the show. Uh, throw, throw us a little money. A uh, very, very low, low price of $5 a month. And you can listen to our secret episodes when we get really, really drunk and very thankful of each other and our show and all that. You can hear those secret episodes that nobody's ever heard. Check that out on a Nintendo Main Expansion Pack. But uh, one of my one of my favorite interviews that we just played here was uh, the interview with uh, Rich Ambler, uh, one of the contestants in the original Nintendo World Championships. Which uh, it was really really cool to meet him. Yeah, he was. Uh, yeah, he was the runner up. He placed second place to uh, what was it? Uh, 
Thor, Thor Ackerman, yeah, because he was talking about him in the interview. And no, uh, that guy was awesome. Uh, he was very nice, and uh, and we got to play uh, in the Nintendo Age area, which is the area where you where people basically where the homebrew NES stuff is, which is really cool. We talked to somebody about an escape room game as well, which that'll be on the Patreon. So you want to hear that? Nescape. Hear that on there? Ne- yeah, Nescape. Nescape room or Nescape. Really, but, uh, really cool art. Yeah. Really good music. Like yeah, the yeah. whole thing. The presentation is mm-hmm. awesome. But they they also had a I think it was a re a reproed cart but they had the cart from the Nintendo World Championship the original one from 1990 mm-hmm. and uh, it's basically Mar- Super Mario Brothers Rad Racer and uh, Tetris and you get mm-hmm. six minutes to play all three of these you basically have to ca- collect fifty coins in Super Mario Brothers and you have to complete the entire race of Rad Racer. And then you get to play Tetris for as long as you can until the time comes out, goes out. And as you go from game to game, you know, the multipliers get higher. So when you get to Tetris, you basically want to have the most time with Tetris because that's when you get the highest amount of points. And it's really cool. We talked to him. Uh, he, um, I, he like toured with, uh, as you heard in the interview earlier, you know, he toured with them with the, with the Nintendo World Championship for a while. And, uh, he, I think he was in the, he was in like the 18, was it like the, the teenagers, like fifteen and above, I believe. Mm-hmm. There, there's a yeah. You could find it on Wikipedia. I had it. I do have our scores because Trey and I competed with the. Uh, oh yeah. The Archie. So sure. I won, but I but I think I had an advantage because I got to watch Trey play through first and see. But um, he made he got one twenty eight six forty five, and I got one fifty forty. Yeah, and you did, and it did actually take you longer on Mario on the first time. But it did. I was surprised. Yeah. Because you missed uh, – oh, because you didn't have the mushroom when you were in the second – when you were in World 1-2, so you didn't get to the to the hidden coin blocks as quick. But, you know, it was really, it was really fun to play. I ended up getting a lot more points than you and Mario, though. That's why I ended up winning because yeah. I had 33,000. Oh, never mind. You beat me out of Mario. So which one did I get so much more points than you than well, I was well, Tetris? Well, you must uh, have – I think you probably got through Rad Racer quicker than I did because I really sucked at that one, and you had more time with Tetris. And I think you did get like – Probably got a couple of Tetrises in there. Your score on Rad Racer was sixty-two, sixty-two, and mine was sixty-three, nineteen. Not much different. Well, I mean, but if you got through it quicker, you'd have more time in Tetris. But yeah, no, it's just it's just a really cool thing to uh, to mess around with, and uh, yeah, I kind of want one of those carts, or at least you know, I guess I could download the ROM if I wanted to be. I would love for them shady to, about it, but I think those repo carts they go for like fifty bucks, fifty bucks or so. I don't. I mean, since they're repro ones, they can't be that expensive. I figured they wouldn't be too. But now that I have a working NES, I kind of want one too. Like it'd be fun to just play around with. I know we were talking to Bob. We were talking to Bob Mackey at the bar uh, Saturday night at the 1983 arcade bar, and uh, he told me that he did a stream of that. Like uh, <laughs> one of the few things that he streamed on Twitch, like way, way, way back when he, he streamed the the Nintendo World Championship cart. But yeah, no. But yeah, Rich. Rich was really cool. We ended up seeing yeah. him later on, like right before we left the show floor. Yeah, super nice and he, guy. And he remembered yeah. us and like yeah. came up to us and talked to us a little more. And yeah, he said mentioned he, like that he would like to hook up and do another interview sometime, possibly. Yeah, he said he was going. Cool. Well, he said he said he was going to go to to a retro expo in Houston, where mm-hmm. they're actually going to put him and Thor Ackerman are actually going to see each other again for the first time in like twenty years or whatever. 
which is which is insane. So they're actually going to have like a reunion of like the guy who beat him, you know, in the in the competition. I'm looking forward to that. Hopefully, so, they've got good yeah. media coverage. Yeah. So it's so yeah, he was he's been really embracing it. Like you said, he did a lot of endorsements and stuff like that. But yeah, it was just he was just uh, we just happened to find him in the Nintendo age, and he was just playing the game. And uh, it's funny because he was playing it with his controller. Like he had a controller that he bought that he brought, and he like he was playing, and then he got up and he unplugged it and like rolled it up and put it in his pocket. It was kind of funny. He's like, it was probably the controller from the Nintendo <clears throat> World Championships. Well, it was like his specific NES controller that he played everything with. And if yeah, you- he told me. So he told us that he had pretty much put that controller together himself, but I don't think it was back then. Like he had yeah. assembled it from parts and made sure it was pristine. But it was kind of cool walking up on this. Or cool, it was kind of confusing walking up on this guy like just seeing him play the the game not realizing who he was and like as he finishes he unplugs the controller and puts it in his pocket i'm like what's this guy doing mm-hmm. yeah it was is he stealing from them no no uh yeah. i didn't think that but yeah. i just was conf- I just the whole absurdity of the situation just kind of like baffled my mind for a second yeah no i mean it was it it's was, not absurd when you know what was going on it was the perfect interview for us to get because uh because yeah, he's a he's a Nintendo legend, like from way back when, you know. And I asked him about like the Wizard and all that, and I asked him, you know, how he felt about that movie and how they probably got everything wrong and like their uh, and their interpretation of like the video, you know, of like of the actual like event of like you know playing against somebody in, in games. They didn't and, like, hire him as a consultant. <laughs> well, I mean, it hadn't happened yet. I don't think. I mean. Because that was eighty nine, and he was doing it in ninety. So, oh right, I think. Yeah. But but the way they, I mean, the way they portrayed it in the Wizard is obviously not the way that they did it. You know, it wasn't like that at all. However, but yeah, he said yeah. the year nineteen ninety. He said he was just traveling constantly because there were yeah, several toured, different rounds with them, for the yeah. trip. It wasn't just that yeah. one final round. Yeah, he toured all across the country because I think he won and didn't he win like in Tampa originally? It's I mean, yeah. it was in the it was in the interview previously, so you would have heard it. But it was really really cool to meet up with him. Uh, you know, we gave the game our information. Uh, he said he'd, you know, subscribe to the show and all that. And it's all just really rad to meet, like, you know, an actual, uh, actual contestant from uh, a Nintendo from legend, when. yeah, like a legend. in the flesh, legend for the show. Apparently, Howard Phillips was there, but we could not find him, and we couldn't find the Nintendo booth. But finding Rich, I think, was way cooler than than that. You know, and was it was there an official it was, Nintendo booth. Apparently, there was somewhere, but I could not. We could not find it. We never found it. We looked yeah. all over the place. Yeah, we looked all over the place, but. Well, there there normally is, and they normally have a representative from uh, Wisconsin there, and you know they have various like posters and stuff to give out. But we couldn't find it. It wasn't in the you know we went to a bunch of different places, but we couldn't find it. But that's fine. We we found Rich, and we found a lot, and we found Doc, and we found a lot of the cool stuff. Like I said, you can listen to it on the Patreon. But uh, yeah, I think that's a uh, I think yeah that's the episode for us. Is there anything? Are there any final thoughts you want to mention about MGC, Jeremy? Before we go out. Not that I can think of right now. I mean, I may bring it up again in a future episode, but oh, of course, there there is a lot. I mean, shoot, between the interviews and just actually checking out the show floor and and seeing that seeing it grow every year. You know, this was my third time. This was your fourth time, but you know, having remember like looking back on that first year when it was in the old place, mm-hmm. and then even last year compared to this year, it's just it's crazy how much it keeps growing. And I don't know if that represents like a mainstreamification or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. You were yeah, like, there was, so, there was just so much stuff and like seeing it grow every year. Like I do wonder if like, is it becoming more mainstream to go to conventions like this? Like, is it becoming just more of an accepted thing or is it actually just based upon the like promotion and the, and who they're bringing in for the, 
for the convention that's causing it to grow so rapidly. I don't know. Well, I mean, this year they did have they did have Ernie Hudson. I saw him. I didn't talk to him. I walked past his panel. Um, Eric Bischoff, I saw him as well, walked past his panel. And uh, Ted DiBiase, which I also walked past his panel. I never actually saw anybody, you know, where I could talk to them, but I walked past them while they were doing their thing. So, and, you know, and they had the Ghostbusters car there and they yeah. got, and they got the fucking, you know, uh, I don't know if they still have the Back to the Future car there or whatever they did. The that wasn't there before. this year, but they had a repro of the Jurassic Park car. Yeah. That was the other vehicle. Yeah. yeah, there were there were definitely a lot of people there for the go- for Ghostbusters because you saw a lot of people in uh, Ghostbusters <laughs> getups. They also had a really cool display where um, they had all of the NES games like all displayed in their boxes, like yeah. all the all the uh, you know all, all just a big thing, a big glass case that just had every Nintendo game. In alphabetical order, and even an extra one just for the unofficial Nintendo games as well. So it was really cool. Somebody supplied an entire collection of NES games that you could just look at. It like must think, have been a lot of work to bring that over there. Yeah, I wanted to take a picture of me standing in front of the Cowboy Kid one, but I didn't get around to it. But did you get a picture of the Dino Wars one, Jeremy, with you on I there? sure did. Yeah, I figured you did. But yeah, no, I'll they- upload uh, my photos to the... Uh- they should be up by the time you hear this episode. I'll have some more episodes loaded up to the Nintendo main fan page. Yes, yeah, so they put it on the Facebook. I put a bunch of stuff on there as well. But yeah, it was really it was really cool to see all that stuff. Uh, I didn't get to didn't get to play a whole lot on the show on the show floor, so I wasn't really, you know, I didn't didn't really get to see if there was, you know, I know they had switches available to play somewhere, but I didn't I didn't find those. I oh. did play uh, some Virtual Boy just because I wanted to play a functional Virtual Boy in. Let me tell you what, as soon as I put my face on that thing and it was all hot <laughs> from yeah. the person before me playing, I was like, Ugh, it's kind of like, not, this is not a shareable system. Hey man, it's, it's kind of like that with the, uh, it's kind of like that with the hippo game with, uh, on the cardboard did you guys blaster. See the, the Easter egg about virtual boy in the labo. Yeah, I, we did. I saw, I saw about it, but I, but I haven't found it in the actual game. Oh, true that. Yeah. We haven't found it yet. Yeah. But I, but I saw We, we didn't watch thing. any of the video stuff yet. Yeah, I don't even know where that is. Like, some stuff is kind of hard to find. Like, it took us a while to figure out where the hippo thing was, because it doesn't really tell you. You have to kind of find it, you know? So it's, yeah. And you, you, it very much like you have to look at one thing, and then another random thing will show up, and then you look at another thing. It feels a lot like WarioWare, you know, like where, like, stuff will just kind of randomly unlock, like, as you play it. But there's oh, no Oh, it totally real... feels like WarioWare Twisted, especially with all the little toys and stuff yeah. that pop up. Yeah, because there's no, like, real rhyme, and re- rhyme or reason to... uh unlocking things you just kind of have to look at like you have to go and, and watch the discovery videos where it shows you like how stuff works and all that and then another thing will unlock because of that and then you got to go to another thing and blah blah it's basically how that works but yeah this has been episode 167 um we've been your hosts i'm trey johnson i'm jared mikowski john nitter and you can find us at uh on twitter you can find me at nintendo underscore domain Find Jeremy at jmacstack with a K, S-T-A-K, J-M-A-K, S-T-A-K. You can find us at nintendomainpodcast.com or twitch.tv slash nintendomainpodcast or youtube.com slash nintendomainpodcast. We actually ran into a nice fellow named uh, Patrick Deasy. He uh, filmed actually filmed a little bit of an interview that we did about uh, Nate Talbert's uh, impressions of the labo vr so you can watch that on it on youtube right now if you go there you can check a little two minute excerpt of our interview that he filmed and it looks really good you can watch uh and show us interviewing and jeremy holding the blaster and all that stuff and came out really nicely thank you for sending that to us patrick and uh and yeah there's all stuff all fun stuff to watch if you want to go watch me uh 
you know, playing uh, Sesua with, uh, or is it Senua? Senua, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, if you watch me play a Hillblade with no music on, you can watch that on Twitch.tv. And of course, you know, I have my regular streams like uh, Tuesday night, 2 a.m., Friday night, 2 a.m. You can tune in and watch that stuff. And uh, yeah, um, thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. See you. Don't you know, no more art, art, art. And as I look to that horizon